I had the delight of hosting the outside broadcast for the Taking Care of Business show for the Byte Conference held recently in Frankston, part of Melbourne. Now, during this time, we spoke with some amazing people, and in speaking with our executive producer and the host of the Taking Care of Business show, Jackie Mitchell, I got permission to put these on my podcast. The two gooder information to not share it around. So here are many different interviews with a range of different people, all taken directly from the live outside broadcast for the Taking Care of Business show, Byte Conference. Enjoy. Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome to the Bike Conference. I am Warwick Mary. I'm going to be your host. I will be your Jackie Mitchell for the day, uh, hosting the Bike Conference Outside Bureau. And with me, of course, is the lovely Sally Bailey. Hello, Sally. Hello, everybody. It's good to have you here. It's wonderful to be back well, again this, this year. We've done it again. We're doing it again. I know. It's really nice to be back it's together so again. It's good. like a band oh, together. Oh, you can get again. the band back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've moved. We're here in the Frankston Art Centre. Yes, we are in the which, foyer. Which is your part of the world, being the arts guru and our PFM. It is indeed, and I've been here a couple of times already. Fantastic. Yes. But we're not here for arts, we're here for business, and who better to start the business conversation with than the man himself from Zero, one of the major sponsors, Trent Innes. Innes, Innes is... Innes. Innes. Trent Innes, welcome. This, the Managing Director of uh, Zero Australia, no? Yes, that's right. Excellent. You've nailed it. Lucky, lucky I've got that right. We're good? Yeah, we're good. Oh, we're, just, we're just pressing all the magic buttons to make it all work. Um, so, Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's awesome to be uh, to back be back here for the third year in a row. Yeah, and thank you so much. We couldn't do an event like this without your sponsorship. So thank you so much. No, it's a, it's a real pleasure. I mean, it's, it's an amazing it's an amazing event, and we're uh, we're really really thrilled to be a part of it. Yeah. Hey, now beautiful business and accounting software. That's what Zero is all about. Uh, speaking of beautiful business. Talk to me about single-touch payroll. All my accountant buddies, because I've got so many, that's all they're talking about at the moment. So what is it? Why should we care? So it's interesting. It's almost, uh, I think people sort of, sort of kind of think it's almost crept up on us, but um, you know, the government's been talking about this for quite some time. But fundamentally, it's a change in the reporting regime about how employers report pay information right. to, the, to the government. So historically, it was done uh, either, either manually or through a portal at the end of a period. So it now needs to be actually done in real time at the time you actually run the pay run. So from an employee perspective, it means you'll be able to you know, log on to, to MyGov in the future and actually see exactly where you sit oh, and okay. see your information in real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and presumably then, of course, for business owners, it becomes this thing that is actually already done for them because this onerous task of accounting for everything seems to have been you know, this frightening thing that, that businesses get laboured with at the end. And it's done in process, is it? Correct. correct. It's actually it's all, it's all done in real time. So it's just another real step in the digitisation of, mm. of, of the Australian economy. And it's all about removing friction you know, between business and government or business and banks and making it as easy for that information to flow as possible. Yeah. Now, I know there's a lot of small business listeners out there and they'll be like, oh, man, first I had to do the PAYG and then I've got to do the BAS. And is this just more? Is it more? It's probably 
it's probably the biggest change since GST, I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I still remember when GST came in, so I'm giving away my age here, but <laughs> I actually do remember when that came in, and that was a pretty big change for business. So it's yeah. probably one of the biggest changes since then, but it's not something to be, to be scared of. If, if anything, it actually makes the process much simpler for them. So if I take the example in zero, it's basically a couple of clicks to set it up, and then after that, it just takes care of itself. But well, if, if they're scared about it, they should definitely talk to their accountant or bookkeeper who best place to help them through the journey. Well, that's the thing. You, you mentioned before the, the digitization of the accounting landscape. And let's face it, what used to be a shoebox of receipts, which is now... I'm, I'm putting my <laughs> hand Sally's up. Sally's putting your hand up. Going, <laughs> you, you saw that journey, oh, Sally. Yeah, yeah. Whereas and we had this discussion last time you were on. We it's did. like, I will lie in bed and do my reconciliations or, or do my you know tagging of expenses on my phone as I'm lying in bed. Mm-hmm. So... How? What else do we have to do to digitise our, our business environment to make business easier? I get amazed how often I hear that story, actually. I hear yeah. people actually doing reconciliation. They probably shouldn't be doing it at their kids' sports, but they do. And I think in some ways, you know, as bad as that might sound, there's also a positive side of that as well. And, then, and the biggest reason small businesses go out of business still to this day is cash flow. Yeah. So they actually they run out of cash. And unfortunately... You know, across the Australian economy, 49% of small businesses failed in the first five years. Yeah. Wow. So, so being on top of your cash is, is, is super important. And so it's really all about getting that information where you need it at the time so you can make an, an informed decision. But, you know, single-touch payroll is really just another step um, in, in the digitization of the economy. We're, for a while now, we've seen bank information come into your accounting software, very much like what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. You know, we've got STP now. There's a thing called e-invoicing coming along soon as well, which is a standardized format. Which will, you know, all the invoices will go out in a very standardised format. So right. the whole idea behind that is to try and make it easier for people to pay small businesses in time as well. So it's still you know a challenge out there yep. at the moment. So if they get paid quicker, yep. you know, that that would be a great thing as well because it obviously you know helps the economy flow. Yeah, yeah. So Zero has always been you know leading edge with what they're doing with their accounting software and stuff. What does the future hold for Zero? We've had Steve Samatino in there t- talking today about the future and digital and flying cars and whatever. Uh, what about in the accounting side of things? What's what's the future for Zero? I'd love us to build a flying car, but I don't think we probably will, unfortunately. Um, but I'll, I'll, put, I'll put that forward at the next uh, the next catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we can put a slush fund aside for it. Yeah, look, I mean the, the reality is globally only three percent of small businesses approximately are still on cloud accounting. So as a massive wow. upside so australia and new zealand are very leading the way um, places like uh, the uk are catching up rapidly you know yep. a lot of that's a lot of that's actually getting driven heavily by yep. changes in the in the regulatory landscape yeah so look, our, our big push is really is, is going global so yeah. uh, you know i think one of the things we're, we're most excited and proud of is that you know, you know a company that was you know born in born in new zealand and you know came across to, you, to, uh, to Australia quite rapidly is actually now becoming global. And, yeah. You know, we, we've got customers in 180 countries around the world now, which, is, pre- which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's great. If you are a small business and you're yeah. realising that you're going to have to update your model for, for uh, your accounting services and, and so on, can they look at Zero? How do, how do people find out whether or not it's going to be something that would suit them? Can, can, so they can just go to zero.com, so xero.com. So uh, they, zero was a Z, which was probably too expensive at the time, so we went with an X, which in hindsight was actually a very good thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it's xero.com. There's a lot of information on there. But I still thoroughly recommend, if you're going to make that journey, you know, speak to your accountant or bookkeeper. They're, they're best place to actually help you on that because it's not just, I mean, the software's important and the solution, but it's also very much about you know the migration and the change aspect yeah, to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's people. I was talked about this in my in my talk just before. I mean, change is generally thing that people fear the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you take single touch payroll as an example, you can you can fear it, but you can't ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's happening. You know, yeah. as of the first of July this year, in you know seven days time, you need to you need to be compliant. Yeah. And, I'm, and my gut feels there's a lot of people out there that aren't. 
Now, I also read, too, that uh, you've been top of the pile for uh, quite a few years, four years, and small business are actually voting you uh, a, a really superior product, and presumably that is uh, because the numbers are growing and, and you're doing a great job. Well, I think it's, 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 partly, it's partly that, but I think it's also, you know, one of the things we've always kind of looked at is, you know, how do we, how do we make business more beautiful and how do we actually make accounting fun? You know, yeah. Well, well, I think I think historically accounting was, um, you know, tech and accounting were hard for small business. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they so they they were expensive. It was, yeah, it was bad. It was also, but they also ignored it and then left it alone and yeah, left it to the end of the quarter, the end uh, of the year. Whereas now, you know, through the it's almost through the democratization of, of technology that we can actually, you know, through cloud services, we can now, you know, make solutions like this available at a much much lower cost point than yep. were historically. Mm-hmm. They've, I'd actually argue right now that small businesses have probably got better access to technology than big business. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing with, uh, you talk to anyone who's converted to zero, and they're like, why don't I do this sooner? Because the ease of using something like that versus the end of the year, big cardboard box full of receipts and not knowing their cash position. Um, and I think that's that's what zero gives really is that power of understanding at a glance, where am I at with my cash flow? Where am I at with my business? And you make better decisions. Yeah, and so, you know, anytime you pick the phone up, you see who's paid you, who owes yeah. you money. Yeah. You know, and, and you need to have that information in, in, in real time and to take control of your business. And, you know, even some other things like digitization, um, you know, we, we see... We see small businesses actually send out online invoices with with uh, embedded uh, online payment services. Yeah. And they get paid in, in around about ten days. If you don't, you get paid in about thirty four days on average. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. small businesses, what small businesses can do out there are on payment times, as an example, to help themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is makes cash flow better. Anything that makes cash flow better has got to be great. Absolutely. Hey, Trent, thank you so it's much for your time today. It's been great having you come in. If people want to find out more about Zero, what's that website again? Zero.com with an X. Zero. X-E-R-O.com. Dot com. And you guys have got a free monthly trial for the software. We do, too, yeah. There's a, 30, there's a 30-day free trial. Yeah. So go, go and have a play. Have a play. But at the very least, chat to your accountant because they'll know more about the ins and outs yeah. of the processes behind yeah, it. Absolutely. Trent, thank you Thanks so much for, coming. for your time. It's a pleasure. We'll see you next year. We'll see you next year. <laughs> okay, awesome. Fantastic. Thank, thank you. you very much, Trent. You've been listening to RPPFM here on the Outside Broadcast for the Bike Conference. We've got some other fabulous guests coming up soon. Don't go away. All right, you're here uh, on the RPPFM outside broadcast. We are now going to our next fabulous guest. Uh, he was the opening keynoter here at the uh, the Bytecom, and we have him here live. We've grabbed him. He's got to duck off very quickly. Steve Samatino. Steve, thank you for dropping in. Mate, it is an honour and a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So just so you know, I'm Warwick. This is Sally. Uh, and Hi. so you were talking about all things fabulous and futuristic in there. And this is the kind of guy who does amazing stuff with Lego. He's put a Lego space shuttle in space. He's put a Lego car on the road, powered only by air. But more importantly, he's talking about what the future holds for us. So for businesses and people who are listening in, what do we need to be aware of going into our future? Yeah, so the most important thing is to have the courage to embrace the tools that are already here. Right. Here's the really interesting thing is that we have technology and business that is already here that can change the way we do things, but humans, we're creatures of habit. And so often everyone says to me, Steve, what's the next big thing? And I can tell you. 10 of the next big things that are going to happen and change the world, like talk about the impact of autonomous cars or drone delivery or blockchain or artificial intelligence. But the business hack of all time is to be the person that has the courage to implement the the technology that's already arrived because there's always a lag effect. One of the things that I'm so bullish about for the region and the peninsula uh, is the fact that for the first time in history, we have the business technology to work from anywhere. 
70% of people in Australia work in information jobs. But you know what we do? We battle traffic jams and drive to the city. It's just a waste of time because we've already got the tools we need at home. And so what I want businesses that aren't right in the city, you know, places, you know, like the peninsula an hour or two away from major cities, is to start to challenge themselves and say, hey, we're not second tier. You know what? We can do everything a city can do and more, and we're a beautiful place, and we've got all these other advantages that they don't have. The number one business tip right now is embrace the technology and grow in your local area. Live and work where you do business. E-commerce is open to anyone in the world. Own the monopoly of the things you're good at and just... Yeah, we need we need like a bit of a shift here. We need to start being so city centric. Because that's the challenge, isn't it? There's a lot of people who say, "I want to work from home. I want to telecommute for a better yep. word," but they're like, "But my bosses won't let me, or my company won't let me." Because there's a, there's a lot of bosses who are, I want to see bums on seats for more of a yeah. technical term. Uh, yeah. And it's like, so how do you how how do we combat that? Is it something that has to be done at a senior level down, or yeah. from the bottom up, or a bit of both? It's a bit of both. So that's legacy thinking, and you know, the first part is us having an important discussion about it here because nothing changes until it becomes a conversation. Yeah. Right. Everything that's changed in our world over the last 20 or 50 years, they start as conversations, right? And so smart companies, you know know what you've got to do when you do the bottom-up stuff is challenge your boss to say, you know, wouldn't it be smarter to have employees who didn't battle a traffic jam, got their work done quicker, were happy because they got to drop off and pick up their kids from school, didn't get interrupted 20 times in a day and got more work done, but I'll still come in the office two days a week or what have you. Wouldn't that be a more efficient, smarter way? And gee, you can shrink your office, not have this giant office everyone just sitting in a cubicle farm and being just sitting there for the sake of it. Make the office groovier and smaller and reinvest that money and have a happier, more mobile workforce. That's the future. The only question is, do you want to be a Luddite company that doesn't embrace it? Or do you want to be one of the leading companies that becomes an employer of choice? And, oh, we've done this. All of a sudden, you're attracting talented people because they want to work for you because you're respecting humans. Steve, you're a strategic thinker, clearly. Um, What's your business model? Uh, my business model, so as a futurist, I uh, think, write, and speak for a living. Mm-hmm. Right, so so that's you're a motivator. It, yeah, well, information first, motivation second, right? Because if you just motivate someone and they're an idiot, then you end up with a motivated idiot. No, no one needs that, right? <laughs> so we know, we you, say, you, say, you say, just motivate him, he'll be all right. But then you end up yeah. with a motivated idiot. No one wants yeah. that. So information comes first. Yep information. Then once you've got it, I'm going to get you excited about how to use it. So my business model is I study technology, read a lot of white papers. My job is to share the information because people are so busy in their jobs and their company and their career. I'm out there exploring the world. So my job is I'm, I'm the explorer. I'm the modern day explorer of technology. I'm going to bring back what I find hand it over to you. It's more efficient to get me to give you that knowledge and then show you how other companies did it in other industries and show you how to do it. So my job is to always be learning, yeah. always be doing side experiments, and then people pay me yeah. to share those ideas, whether it's on the stage, writing a book, writing a white paper, working for the government, or doing media interviews. So that's yeah, yeah. that's my business model. And the way I stay future-proof is just by making sure that I'm working hard and learning. Mm. Okay. Well, we're extremely lucky to have had you here today at the Bike Conference to impart some of this knowledge. Um, how do uh, how, how does everybody hear from about you? How do they... Yeah. So the easiest way is just to go to my website, stevesamartino.com. Uh, on there, you'll see all the different social media that I use, and you can choose whichever one you, you prefer to contact me. Anyone who emails me, and ask me any question, I answer everyone, and I always do it within 24 hours because if someone 
has the time and the effort to reach out to me, then it's only human and good manners to have the respect to answer people back. Any question, any topic. Uh, and you can sign up to my email. I put out a, a, a blog once a week just on an important future topic to help people keep learning and moving along. But sing out to me. Ask me any question, and I'm happy to help out. We had Adam from Woodley School here earlier, and so when talking about the future, and as a futurist, a lot of people say our children are our future. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's got kids coming up and goes, I don't know what to teach my kids because Mm. the jobs that exist today or the jobs that these kids will have don't exist or AI will be taking over, blah, blah, blah. So do you have children yourself? I do. I've got a seven- and a nine-year-old. Well, that's going to keep you busy. So... (laughs) What are the key lessons we need to teach kids of that age yeah. to help them fit in the future world? Yeah, so the most important thing for me is humanity and creativity because tools get replaced by technology. So teaching people how to use tools is not nearly as important as teaching people how to think. Mm. And the thinking that I like to teach my kids is what I call systems thinking because if you understand an entire system, if one of the tools goes away in that system, you think about the next thing you can move on to. Yep. Whereas if you just think about one little part of it or one little tool in a system, if that tool goes away, you get trapped. Yep. So you've got to think broadly. You've got to think horizontally. And I actually did a TED Talk on this. Right. And it's what to teach your kids. So you can go and you can find it on my website, stevesamatina.com, and you see my TED Talk, entertaining. And it's exactly what I taught my daughter to show her how to think about the future, and it changed my life and it changed hers in the same process. Oh, that sounds fantastic. fantastic. I'm going home to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> so heading over to stevesamatino.com, not samsamatino.com. <laughs> uh, you must get the redirect on that just so that the people like me who get Actually, your name I haven't done that. I, I, I reckon I should. <laughs> oh, can I tell you, my name gets misspelled all the time, so I actually bought the misspell. Oh, really? Smart, to, to smart redirect play. It. Yeah, and it's just like because Warwick is spelt with RW in the middle, yeah. but a lot of people spell it double R. So, you know, for 12 bucks a year, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? So that's fantastic. Uh, Any other last-minute bursts of things that we need to be aware of to be successful in business in the future? Uh, The one thing is you've got to stay curious, and you are smarter than you think. And the reason I can prove everyone's smarter than they think is that the most difficult thing for a computer to learn or software is natural language processing. That's the way humans interact and speak. That's the most complex form of software there is, and all of us listening to to this can already do that. So you're smarter than you think. Smarter than we think. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. I've just bumped myself up a few IQ points. I'm going to go home, be curious, and get on with things. Good on you. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for speaking here at the Bike Conference. Absolute pleasure. You're listening to RWP. FM at our outside broadcast here at the Smart Bite Conference here and proudly brought to you by our key sponsors, Zero, uh, Smart Business Solutions, the Frankston City Council, NAB and Synergy 8. We'll be right back with another great interview shortly. Welcome back and we have friend of the show with us, Uva Jacobs. Uva, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Warren. Uh, great to see you here as an exhibitor today talking all about Durasol. Durasol, yes. So, uh, what is Durasol? For the, it's a very visual me, thing. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Sally's just like, what? I can see Durasol on his top. I don't know what it is. What the <laughs> heck? Tell me about Durasol. Uh, so, Durasol. yeah, t- talk to Durasol. What is it? Durasol is an ICF, an insulated concrete form, which means a block that is 80% recycled wood, and yet it is non-flammable. So, we're talking... It, Listeners, if you consider, you know, they uh, just the old concrete block with a big hole in the middle, um, uh, just one of those basic blocks, but Uva is, is made 80% wood. So how can it be so non-flammable? It is light. It is uh, easy to put together. And it is a terrific insulator towards both temperature as well as in sound. And recycled out of 80% wood, yet 
non-combustible. Not structural? It is structural. You put real bars in and you uh, fill it with concrete. And that gives you a wall that is 10 times stronger than double brick. So tell me about how Duracell came about. Like, uh, where did it come from? How long has it been around? Ah, it's been around since the 1960s uh, from Europe. Right. It's been uh, in Australia for the last 14 years, yeah. mainly used in Western Australia and South Australia. Right. And we're now expanding into the eastern states. The um, big attribute to the material is that it's very much energy efficient. Yeah. So we regularly have eight, star, eight to ten star homes. Okay, so for those who don't know what a star rating, we're doing a neighbor's energy rating. Energy rating. Yeah? So it's the energy rating. So ten is yeah. the top. Um, and you stand, like your normal average home that was built over the last five or ten years would be about, what, a three or a four? Yeah, look, there is a regulation these days that you have to meet six stars. And okay. um, a lot of people and designers and builders just scrape in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's about using our energy efficient, recycling and, yep. and using what we have efficiently. And the return on investment is certainly there. Yeah. And so are we, are we talking about uh, commercial buildings, residential buildings, or just basically as a concrete block user for whatever you want? Essentially, at this stage, we are focusing on residential. Yep. But you can also do commercial and uh, uh, big high-rises. Yep. Uh, the biggest project that's been done so far was a 42-story Hilton Hotel. Oh, wow. Okay. So really, the application is endless. Yeah. Uh, we choose to walk before we run, uh, which seems <laughs> which, to be a hey, good in practice. Build, in the building industry, that's not too bad. There's a few cracks in Sydney at this time that we're probably going to that is exactly yeah. what we want to get away from. If yeah, it's yeah. worth doing, it's worth doing right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I guess one other attribute to the product is that there is no chemicals to speak of in there, so yeah. no volatile or going compounds. Right. So what, tra- what, what attracted you to it? Because I know you through... It, properties and investment in a, in a different part of your life. So what what attracted you to the Duracell product? Well, we had seen the, the, the wall form 10 years ago. Yeah. And I kept on getting back to it. Yeah, yeah. Because it just makes so much sense. If we can use 80% recycled material, if we can use something that is non-combustible, yeah. that has got no chemicals in it, and that gives you a good return on investment... Hey, that's the way to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Why not do it properly? Yeah. How, and how does the cost compare to the concrete blocks? Are well, they about the same or a little bit more? Or Compared to what is the question? So let me give you some comparisons. The average eight to nine star home in Melbourne is about four to four and a half thousand dollars a square meter. Yep. Uh, not for everybody, but it is an energy efficient home. So we, we are substantially under that. Okay. Uh, strictly speaking, we're the supplier of the building blocks and the system. Yep. And we work with uh, partners that do the rest. Yeah, okay. So you, we can get you the strategically packaged system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All for you. And, and so whereabouts are they made? There, there's 19 manufacturing facilities around the world that right. shows you how big the yeah, product yeah, is yeah. around the world. There's only one that does the non-combustible material. Right. So, in short, they're coming from Canada. Yep. Because, again, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. F- fantastic. Cool. And so, what's the future of this product? I believe the future is very, very strong because, again, we've got a sustainable material, an energy-efficient yep. material, a material that is a heat break. Yep. So, it does not conduct heat. And that combined with the system is, is just second to none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you can save money, yep. live in a healthy home that is sustainable and it is from recycled materials, isn't that a no-brainer? Absolutely. Hey, if people want to find out more about Duracell, how do they get in touch with you? 
Vestas on the uh, website, uh, durisol.com.au. So D-U-R-I-S-O-L.com.au. Yes. Or Facebook, uh, which is Durisol Australia. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, Uwe, thank you so much for coming in again. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Great Absolute pleasure. We're all here at the Byte Conference. Uh, you've been speaking to... Uva E. Jacobs from Durasol. And we have our next guest coming on board. She's the official photographer. She's got lots of cameras. And she's cameras got more cameras than you can poke a stick and at. They're and they're quite big. Oh, hello. This is a very large, big, bitey goodness camera. But I've had a chat to her beforehand. That's the lovely Heather, Heather Felix. And she does more than just take photos. Heather, welcome to the show. Hi. Great to have you here. How's it going so far for you? It's amazing. I love uh, the vibe of a conference and to see kind of the vitality of the, the vendors and the people around here, the energy is just amazing. And you've been snapping more photos than you can poke a stick at. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> How has, did you, were you in photography when it was all film based or have you only ever done it digitally? Sadly, only digital. Right. I, I do feel, you know, I, I've, I mean, I was a, I was a hobbyist yes, in the yes, film yes. days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it must be uh, so much more economical now to be able to take like a thousand photos digitally and go, oh, here are the five I'm after versus on film. Funny enough, there's a bit of research on that that actually shows that it isn't because of the amount of time, energy and everything that actually goes into selecting, editing and getting rid of the garbage that you've taken with the thousands and thousands of photos. They've actually come out that film photography was cheaper, even with all the chemicals and everything. That is amazing. No one ever talks about that. That's incredible. Yeah, when you've got a thousand photos, it takes, (laughs) you know, even if you look at one photo for one minute, it's that's a thousand minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So I guess what what what's really important for a photographer then is actually to go back to that way of thinking of actually being selective about what it is that you're shooting in the first place. Get it right in camera, first time, yeah. best for everyone. Yeah. Now, while I know Heather's an awesome photographer, I also know you do some cool stuff outside photography. So talk to me about this uh, the social element of your business yeah so it's connected to photography so it's a portrait based activation but it's a social enterprise that provides jobs for women for people over 50 who've experienced redundancy in these worlds of everything getting more and more automated there's more and more human beings without jobs so i'm providing jobs and those with disabilities so working with that victorian small business government those those community-based groups um, and then, so giving those people employment and economic dignity back, um, then we work with aged care facilities, retirement uh, villages and communities, and also other community groups. So it could be a church, it could be the Boy Scouts, it could be any group that actually just has a large group of people. And we create an activity, an activation, a reason to get dressed up, a reason to feel amazing. Right. And we print on site our Carville Grade. So we actually do, we have a styling uh, we have a styling guru that comes in and gives you a few little fashion tips to make you look great. Then you actually get your portrait done. We print the archival grade things on site. And we work with those social committees and management teams then that um, to kind of get rid of that Groundhog Day effect that yeah. can happen in some of those, those communities, uh, uh, aged care and retirement living. Um, so yeah, bring a bit of vibrancy, a reason to be and a reason to laugh yeah. and exciting. So. What a fabulous, fabulous thing. And and the social enterprise element of it for you is, is the people that you bring in to work with you to take those photographs. Is so that it's, correct? it's a three pronged approach. So one is yes, the people that are getting jobs that you know yep. need that kind of economic dignity and another opportunity for people to honor those skills they actually have that oftentimes when you go for a traditional job on seek or something, you really struggle and you don't even get past the HR, yeah. you know, whatever. 
Uh, the other one is actually the well-being, social sustainability aspect of making um, older people and community groups feel good, yep. so actually boosting their well-being while we're there and creating that great sense. And then the third, it, the third prong is, a, is uh, so it's a third three-tier thing. One is a bit of good in the world, a great customer experience and an amazing place to work. And the bit of good in the world is where we actually partner with community groups to provide portraiture for free or photography services for free for at-risk groups, people who are maybe trying to get back into the workforce like the dressed for success types. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I work with Amnesty International and World Vision right. to um, work with actual uh, registered community groups to help provide that, you know, maybe a headshot to help someone get back in the workforce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe they've fled violence and have lost all their family photos. Okay. So to kind of replace those memories... That's um, great. It yeah. is amazing. So anybody who uses our commercial photography services, the money actually helps run that social enterprise. So you you actually also get a business bonus that so not only are you getting great photography, you actually then can promote the fact that you're helping support yeah, these yeah. great causes. So how long have you been doing this? Uh, so I've been kind of chipping away at it for about <laughs> a year and a half, as, yeah, yeah. as with all small business. Um, so I come from a corporate background and decided yep. to be the change I wanted to see. Yeah. And it's a it's a constant battle, small yeah, business yeah. getting there. And so that's why I really love doing the business branding yeah. um, and personal branding for small business to give um, give back to the business community. Where are you based? So I'm Melbourne-based, but I'm everywhere-based. Mm-hmm. I can come anywhere, and I uh, am considering a move down to the peninsula. So we've had some friends move down. You see this amazing lifestyle, and you're like, oh, my God, I need in. <laughs> Get me some of that. That's it. Um, uh, oh, I had a magnificent question. Yes, oh, no, we're talking, no, we're talking, we're talking, no, we're talking before. And um, so not only are you looking to move down here, but you have a concrete link to here. You helped build <laughs> Peninsula Link. Yes, I did. What? <laughs> yes, I did. No, she wasn't out there with so her. So back in my corporate days, yeah, so I actually did some of the team management and team building, um, kind of the, the from a corporate perspective, yep. uh, some of that team management stuff that was going on with the Peninsula Link. So yeah. I used to get to come out here and drive around in the big four-wheel drives <laughs> back where it was all being put in place yeah. and everything, and it's just a joy to drive down it these days. I'm it really, most certainly is, I'm, isn't I'm it? I'm really interested that you were talking about how you've... Um, decided to be the change. A lot of our listeners are corporate refugees who have like, I need to go and start my own thing because I can't work for anyone anymore. What brought the change around for you? So doing team management, team development, and then you start getting into that change management thing. Because as soon as you're any good with people, they're like, oh, here, do this, right? Change management. And I've got to say, I I witnessed 22 rounds of redundancy in over six years. And just seeing that human cost and human capital um, in you know people that had just given everything uh, to these companies and then to just be walked out the door just because things have changed for whatever reason yep. that's right you know and, and there are legitimate reasons yeah, and there's sure. other reasons that you're like eh, I'm not so sure about that one but instead of complaining about it and moaning about it and just suffering away I just said you know what let's create jobs so if you've got someone else who is thinking about becoming a corporate refugee what advice would you give them? What would be your top tips? Or, uh, which may well be, what, Get I, ready did, to be what poor. I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Change your lifestyle. That's yeah, right. Yeah. We all need to do that, you know. Yeah, we all yeah. need to look and we, but, we all need less. But I would not change it. Yeah, and I yeah. just know I'm doing the right thing for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so get ready to be poor is one. And by that, what I'm, <laughs> sure, what I'm sure you mean to say is you need to be better at fiscal management. Yes. Um, what other tips would you give? 
marketing is really important and build that personal brand. Yeah. Um, really get out there because even if it is just you, you are amazing and you've got great ideas in there and there's a reason someone should pick you to do yeah. this because, you know, you did have an amazing corporate career. And so when you get into this kind of small business, you need to look the part, you need to be the part, you need to present yourself the part. So this kind of professional marketing, professional branding, professional imagery, visual imagery is so important in yeah, today's yeah. visual world. Yep. And as Steve Sammartino said, you are smarter than you think. That's right. So, you know, there's nothing holding us back. Yeah, hey, it's the same thing. Heather, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to get in touch with you and get some corporate branding done or find out more about some of the social contribution you're doing, what's yeah. the best way to get in touch? So my website is www.heatherfelixphotography.com and Felix is spelled just like Felix the Felix Cat. Felix the Cat, That's the right. wonderful, wonderful so cat. Heather Felix Are you younger generation out there, you need to Google Felix the Cat because he is a heck of a cat. Adorable, yeah. He is indeed. So heatherfelixphotography.com. Just dot com. Yep. That's right. And the social enterprise is called justportraits.com.au. Excellent. So justportraits.com.au. Excellent. Heather, thank you so much for your time today. I know you've got to fly because you've got to take more photos because people are starting to come out and getting ready for their lunchy goodness. And my wordy, it looks fantastic. Thanks thank very much for right. just today. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for being here. Hey, we are live at the Byte Conference here in downtown Frankston. Sally, uh, who are you looking forward to chatting to? I know you've been going through your list about some of the different people. Well, there are so many different people with amazing, amazing messages here. But one of them I'm particularly interested in is the organic sculptural facelift by Magalie Rosen. <laughs> well, I, all I know is I have a face for radio, so uh, I might not get be going for the uh, facelift. I'm really interested in talking to Shannon Smith because she is the one yes. who has kicked this off from Smart Business Solutions. She's the driving force behind the Byte Conference. So we're going to have a chat with her, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. Listeners, please stay with us. We've got some great people coming up shortly. You're listening to RPPFM, the outside broadcast, taking care of business. We'll be back soon. Welcome back to the Byte Conference. We are live and loving it. How are you doing, Sal? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks, Warwick. What about you? Oh, look, I'm just happy as, and I'm even happier because we've got Joe Johnson here, the content coach. Hi, Joe. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, an absolute pleasure to have you here, the content Coach, that's a very catchy title. What does it mean? Thank you for asking. Um, so, look, what I do is I really help expert business owners to step up and become visible as thought leaders in their niche. So, talk to me a little bit more about that. How, how does that happen? Yeah, so, what does so that like, mean? if you've got a small business, you become you write articles, you get podcasts, you do webinar. What, what sort yeah, of stuff? Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So, mostly when somebody's really great at what they do, they forget to tell people about yeah, it yeah, really yeah. effectively. Once they've got their basic sort of content marketing happening, they've got a website, they've got social media presence, if they're really innovating and want to start being invited onto podcasts or invited onto speaker stages, you have to build out a much stronger body of work. So, that could be the form of a book or a signature program or a keynote speech. So something that they can really point to that says, that's my expert knowledge, that's my thinking around this particular topic at this point in time. Okay. So for you, are we talking about um, people who are experts in, in uh, knowledge or service delivery? Less, less, and we're not talking like a shop or a retail or anything like that, are we? Yeah, typically it's service-based businesses that I, that I work with. Yeah. However, there are people who are innovating in all sorts of different spaces. So okay. you could be running a retail store and doing something really, really give, different. Give us a couple of examples from some of your clients. What sort of stuff have they done and how have you helped them 
leverage that? Sure. So, uh, for instance, I'm working with someone called the Abundance Activator at the moment. So he helps people. He's a coach, Jason Snadden, and he's a coach who helps people think more abundantly. Right. What he's looking to do is to be able to leverage those services to a wider audience uh, so that he's not just doing one-on-one coaching anymore because there's only so many hours in a week and so much money that you can bring in through that sort yep. of that process. So he's looking to get his message further out there for the, the non-believers. <laughs> so we're working together to write a book at the moment. Okay. And that book is kind of Abundance 101 yep. so that the, the those who are a little bit sceptical can really understand what it means to start thinking abundantly. He's going to be able to share that message much more broadly through the product like a, a book than he is if he's sort of talking one-on-one to yeah, people. Yeah. So it's like encapsulating the essence of what that business is and then uh, um, taking advantage of all the different means that there are off the marketing that? Is that yes. sort of Yeah, it's really leveraging your expertise to a, a broader audience, yep. I suppose. And also being someone, the sort of go-to person in your niche. So if someone says, look, we've got a conference, we need someone to come in and talk about PR or someone to talk about you know sales and marketing what are you doing to stand out to be that person that gets invited to that conference what are you doing to stand out to be the person who gets called by the journalist for interview for commentary on something so being somebody who's seen that you know outside of the norms perhaps of what's going on in that industry doing something a little bit differently Mm. I'd argue too that sometimes by by doing that by defining what it is that you think about something or writing writing this down actually makes you much more aware of it as well too so that that in itself is actually kind of strengthening and building isn't it 100% and I um, I work one-on-one with people but I also do sort of group things and when you get a collective of people together and someone goes so what do you do and they say, oh, well, I do this and da, da, da. And then someone says, but why or how? The thinking suddenly goes mm. deeper, much more than if you're just sitting there at home on your own doing your doing thing. Doing it. Yeah, so when right. people ask you and prod you and poke you and then you're forced to write it down, yep. um, you know, suddenly you go, oh, my God, look at all the stuff I know. <laughs> look, I don't know if I, you know, amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes it just takes somebody to poke you a little bit to get that to happen. Yeah, and you're yeah. the poker. I'm the poker. The red hot poker. <laughs> so what did it take to be the poker? I'm interested about your, what's your background? Because obviously what you do is quite a niche little area. Yeah, so uh, how did you become the content coach? Um, so I love storytelling. I've yeah. always been a storyteller right from a little girl. I've always been a word nerd. So I love language. I love writing. That's always been my bag. Yeah. Um, I had 20-odd years in corporate, which was all sort of communication, sales, business development, um, copywriting, that sort of thing. So right. all in around that communication space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, when I was uh, pregnant with my second child, I was made redundant from, uh, I worked at realestate.com.au for 10 years. Right. And I just said, you know what, this is the kick up the bum I need. I want to go and do this in a much more flexible way. I want to be able to run my own business. And I love watching small businesses grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's really, really cool. And watching the light bulb go on for them when they go, oh my God, I do know my Yeah, shit. yeah. Shit. Uh, you know, <laughs> am I allowed to say that? Yes, you, are. you know, I do know my shit, and and I want to tell more people about this. Yeah. And mostly, it's just that mouthpiece that that experts are missing. And, and your clients must love the leverage that that brings them all of a sudden becoming that centrally sought after person. It must do wonders for their business. It does. It really does because it did it for mine. And so I wrote a book a couple of years ago and it fundamentally shifted how I thought about my business and how people saw me. And it's just that confidence boost. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting someone to, to see you as an expert in that space 
is an amazing sense of, you get this amazing sense of pride. You sort of go, actually, you know what? I'm not scared to put out the media release or I'm not scared to put my hand up for that thing. And, and that's what I love helping yeah. people to do. Yeah. Hey, if people want to get in touch with you, Joe, how do we get in touch with the, the, the content coach? It's pretty easy. I'm the content coach on all of my socials, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, my website is thecontentcoach.com.au. Right. It's a pretty simple way to find me. Fantastic. Hey, Joe, thank you for dropping by here today at the Bike Conference. No it's been great problem. chatting to you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. You're listening to RPFM taking care of business, coming to you live from the Bike Conference here in Frankston. Now we're learning how to stand out and be the content coach uh, with Joe Johnson. We'll be back with some other, more great interviews right after this. Welcome back to the Back to the Bike Conference. Oh, my. It's going off like a frog in a sock. It most certainly is. There's so much going on. It, there are so it, many interesting people. It is. Aren't there? And look, it wouldn't happen without the fabulous sponsors of the day. Zero, Smart Business Solutions, Frankston City Council, NAB, and Synergy 8. So big thank you to them. We really love them. And you know who else we love because we've had her on before. She was here last year. She's back again today. Delightful Pippa Hansen from the Sport Injury Clinic. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me again. Absolute pleasure. You uh, don't have any sport injuries at all? No, not at the moment. Uh, and if you did, you'd know the right <laughs> clinic to go to. Well, she certainly wouldn't tell us anything. No, she would not. be fixed. She'd have them all fixed in-house. So how's things in the sport injury clinic? Yeah, lovely. Look, it's winter, which means it's busy. Uh, we're stopping anarchy breaking out in our community by keeping everyone able to turn up to their workplaces. So. That's it. That's it. Keeping yeah. those football players and hockey players all out on the pitch. Yeah, football and netball, big ones at the moment. Oh, netball. Yeah. Netball, the ankles and knees must be the big one for netball, yeah? Yeah, huge. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Although we had a broken hand last week because oh. that was a, she fell backwards. So, yeah, it oh, all, yeah. all happens. a fush? Is that what it's called? A front outwards something? <laughs> uh, my wife did in basketball. She oh, broke her go. arm with a fush. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you say it's busier in winter. Is that because it's football and basketball? Uh, look, it's basketball? a winter sports, but it's also a lot of our clients are everyday people. So it's uh, trips and falls on wet, um, wet surfaces. So running yeah. to the train, oh. running to get out of the rain in between shopping trips so gotta be honest uh, my wife slipped out of the car two days ago and we spent a long time waiting for an x-ray in the emergency department and we haven't told her parents yet so if you're listening uh, uh wasn't she's wasn't all right she's, yeah, okay. she's fine she's fine she's fine she's fine yeah no she she's fine there's probably some ligament damage we'll get her down to the sport injury clinic i'll sort them right out uh, so you do more than just sports injuries, yeah? You just yeah, we do. Our yeah. bread and butter would be families. Yeah. So, um, and we see lots of workers, work people sitting too much, particularly in winter at desks. You know, yeah. straight from the couch, straight to work, straight to a desk. Uh, uh, sitting for new smoking. Story of a new. Sitting for yeah. new smoking. I love that. It is. It now, is. Yeah. So- why, why is it good for you to come to a conference like this with, with the kind of business that you run? Yeah, locally there's lots of other businesses here. So, you know, we do, when I say we're stopping anarchy breaking out, we really do keep the community functioning. So we see doctors, lawyers, police, teachers, all those people that as a community we rely on yep. every day. You know, what would a classroom look like without a teacher in it? Well, Pretty chaotic. Of, a lot of fun for the kids, I would have yes. thought. Those substitute teachers always take a hammering, don't they? Yes, they do. So, uh, And so what are the most common ailments that you tend to treat? Yeah, winter-wise, for the sports players, it is the knees and, yeah. and ankles. Um, but also for the everyday person, it's the uh, the backs. Too yeah. much sitting, trying to carry too many shopping bags in and out of cars. Oh, You can't do more than two trips. You've got to get all the... <laughs> got to get it all in. If your circulation hasn't cut off on your fingers, yeah. you're not carrying enough bags. Yeah. Uh, next, people sleeping poorly, you know, getting cold in the night, trying right. to pull that doona up, waking up with a stiff neck. Yeah, yeah. So loads, yeah. Winter's a uh, very busy time. So... What do you do to help market your business? Obviously, you know, 
you have repeat customers. But how do you get your new clients? Uh, we come to events like this. Yep. Um, we do social media. We go around to schools, sporting clubs, um, and try and uh, spread the proactive message of how we can help and how people can stay fit and healthy. Right. Is that a big message that you, that you give, is that how not to hurt yourself? Yeah, look, proactiveness is so much easier to look after yourself, but the accidents will happen. Of course, of course they do. So to be proactive, what, what do you mean? That people should be fit or they should be aware of the things that they could do to hurt themselves? Yeah, things like just keeping moving. So, you know, we talk about the 10,000 steps a day. You know, a lot of people yep. don't do that many. So yep. just keeping moving. Not sitting as much. If you want to sit on the couch, lie on the couch. If you've been sitting on a desk at a desk all day, or lie on the floor and you know really stretch your body out. Um, gentle exercise, uh, like Pilates that we offer. Well, we have a gym as well, so plenty to do to um, to keep healthy. What are your thoughts on standing desks? Because I've heard you know sitting's the new smoking. Yeah. Could you I love that standing desk. I, it is. Um, I, I use one. I've got one. I've got it here today. Yeah. Oh, um, have you? Have I have. have yeah. Look. Come and have a look. Uh, no, very very good because when you sit, it's about three times your body weight through your spine, right. uh, plus all the crushing of your organs and everything that it's doing. So yeah, yeah. the standing is fantastic. really okay. does stop that back pain. So what do you do if you, let's say, just hypothetically, broke your ankle two years ago and your standing desk standing all day doesn't help so much? What can you do for that kind of stuff? Yeah, you can do intermission. So you, the standing desk I've got goes up and down. Yep. So it might be that you can stand for a short period of time yeah, yeah. and then you could sit. You could sit on a um, exercise ball rather than a chair a bit softer through the spine. Yeah. So you, you do have to accommodate. What do they say about those chairs? Do you know those those ones that you used to kneel, sort a of kneel half one. kneel, a kneel chair? What's the what's the go on there? What do you yeah, think look, about a them? similar thing. They're just stopping that straight sitting onto your um, onto your spine. So they're quite they're good. Yeah, anything that and anything that makes you move. Yeah. Okay. Right. What if you're a nutritional overachiever like myself and you don't like moving? All these people say, you're going to walk 10,000 steps a day. It's like, oh, I just like, I put my pedometer, strap it to the dog and let him run around in the backyard. Yeah, I think it's the incidental stuff as well. So it's all the park further away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Go walk up the stairs. Walk up the stairs, don't take the lift. Yeah, Yeah. it is the incidental movement is just as important. And that's got to be hard though for like people like, for example, myself and a couple other people here today. We work from home. We're solo business entrepreneurs. You're at your desk sitting most of the day. And then you move from your office, which is your spare bedroom, into the kitchen to cook dinner. And then you're like, well, I've still got some more stuff to do. I've got to write the book like the content coach told me to. So that's what you're doing. And, and Sam, uh, sorry, Steve Samarillo was saying all the good stuff happens after midnight. So you're out after midnight doing all your social media stuff. How do you get disciplined about keep moving? What are some of the tips you get? Like... I hate exercise. So go be right. I just don't enjoy it whatsoever. We have a personal trainer, and he knows I don't like him, uh, and I call him names, and he just takes it. So how do you how do you inspire your clients to actually stand up and step out the door and do stuff? Yeah, look, a lot of people won't take action until they're sick or injured. It's too late so, half the time. Yeah, then. really, isn't it? It is. Um, so it is just trying to come up with these small things that they can do. So for mine in particular, I had um, sort of ongoing back pain. And that's why I bought the stand-up desk, because I would literally get in the car and drive the kids to school, yep. go to work, sit at the desk, go back home, sit at the dinner table, sit on the couch, go to bed. 
Um, so for me, that was one small thing that I could do. Yeah. Uh, but it is, you know, is it walking to get the newspaper rather than getting it delivered? Or thinking that the dog's health is more important, so you'll take the dog for a walk because, yeah. you're, because it's then about the dog and not about you. Yeah, that's why I bought a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and Win- does a dog get walked? Oh, Winston the Wonder Poodle, not Winter because he's only a poodle. He doesn't want to do that. So, oh, you my know. goodness me. I've got more excuses than you've got reasons. Don't you worry. Yeah. We'll battle that out. So, Cool. So what do you see as the future of your industry in terms of is it growing? Because as people are getting older, they're having more issues that need it to be attended to? Yeah, it's definitely a growing industry, and I think we're living longer. That's uh, right. that's one of the things, um, and people have to realise that you do need to keep moving. You know, we're, we're not designed to yeah. sit still. Well, it's, I, I've noticed my body's making more weird, wonderful noises the older I get. Oh, we do not need to know that. We don't want to, don't want to go there. It's just, no, I stand up with my legs and it goes... And, and, and I'm, my friends who I speak to who are in their 70s plus, because now you're talking 70, they go, oh, that's quite young. Um, and so we are expecting, we, are we expect aging. to live to 80 plus, yeah. yet our bodies aren't motivated to do that. So what are three simple things we can do each day to help our bodies last longer? Definitely uh, walking. Yep. Uh, and it's low impact. Yep. Swimming is another good one if people can actually find the motivation because, again, it's low impact. Yep. Um, and minimal sitting. Okay. Sitting Excellent. is the new smoking. I'm going to go home and burn all my chairs. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to go and have a look at Pippa's desk. Yeah, yep. go and have a look at her standing desk. Hey, Pip, thank you so much for dropping by. If people want to get in touch with you and find out more information, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, our email address, www.tsic.com.au for the Sports Injury Clinic. Excellent. So that's tsic.com.au. Pippa Hanson, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. You're here live at the Byte Conference, all part of our WPFM's Taking Care of Business. Outside broadcast will be back shortly. Welcome back to the Byte Conference. Uh, We are here. Look, sometimes one bite's not enough. Have you found that? Well, look, I know that you do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I'm always, I've been known to go back for seconds. (laughs) And we've got Jim Muller from Second Byte. How are you doing, Jim? I'm very well. Excellent. I'm loving your accent so far. I look forward to having you talk more in it. Hey, uh, Jim, tell me, what is Second Bite? Okay, so Second Bite is one of Australia's national food relief charities. Right. We rescue and redistribute food that was heading for landfill. Yep. And um, we are the the national food rescue partner for Coles. So we service um, 825 Coles stores nationally plus all of their distribution centres and have awesome. relationships with their supply chain. So a number of primary producers now around the country feed food directly to us. Fantastic. And there are apples over there. Yeah, for I the saw there's attendees. like about four cases of apples. Yeah, so that's part of a, a donation from um, an organisation called Montague Fresh, who are based in Narrawatton. Yes, yes, And they yes. give us half a million kilos of apples a year. Oh, good to wow. Is that, uh, half a million kilos of apples would go wasted otherwise. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the reality is that... Um, that there's an expectation that produce looks a particular way in a store. Yes. Um, And the reality of growing is that you'll have hail damage, you will have weather conditions that affect that. The, yeah. the, 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 a bug's the in ast- a little bit correct. or it's got a the black aesthetics spot. Or it's got a funny shape. But this is beautiful food. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. and the more enlightened producers in the country are now saying, well, why would we put that back in the ground yeah. when we can use it to feed people? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, because uh, people think, oh, there's not enough food to go around, but there's more than enough food so to go th- around. So nationally, um, there's about $8 billion worth of food waste in Australia. Yeah. That's over 5 million tonnes of food. Yeah. Um, 
the piece that we're really interested in is there's 3.1 million tonnes of food a year gets lost between production and retail. It doesn't even make it to the shop front. Right. So understanding how you can access that food and yep. divert it to feed those. Yep. Now, when I started in this role two and a half years ago, three years ago, it was estimated that 2.4 million Australians in that calendar year had access food relief at some point. Right. Last year, that was 4 million. Right. So we're getting wow. to, the country's getting to a point where over the next couple of years, potentially... We'll need to feed a million people a day yeah. in this country. Good um, heavens. I, and I, I confess, and the accent kind of gives it away, of all of the things that I thought I was going to do when I came to Australia, feeding people wasn't one That's, of them. You know, we don't have the great you know, Irish potato famines. Well, you also didn't have, I mean, I also think you didn't have the kind of material effect. Yeah. Feed through from the GFC. Yes. Which changed everything in all of the other developed economies. Suddenly we saw families who were accessing food relief who historically had never done it. Australia yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of drifted through. Over, yeah, yeah. But it's manifesting itself now, and it's a significant challenge, and ourselves and a number of other relief agencies around the country are, are trying to work Fantastic. on that. But we have 1,300 community partners nationally, yeah. and we deliver hundreds of tonnes of food into the morning peninsula every wow. year. Wow. So, so let me, I, I just want to get some clarity about something. So Second Bite gets food at lots of steps along the, 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 the distribution chain. Yep. How does it get from you collecting the food to the person who needs it? So we work with 1,300 community partners. Right. So we're talking like the Salvation Army. Correct. You're, you're, talking about, you're talking about the Salvos. Um, you're talking about Vinnies. You're talking about okay. Red Cross. You're talking about church groups. Church and, groups. Um, you're yeah, talking yeah. about schools, schools as well. Um, so everyone who's in that space where food is a important, an important component of how they deliver service. Yes. We like link into all of those around the country. Right. And, and we do it free of charge. Right. So is this a social enterprise? Do we... I... I... Uh, <laughs> no, I would, it's not. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd be low to describe it that way. The, the reality is that um, there's no possibility because of the law, the way that the law is shaped that allows donation. We can't have any kind of crack cash transaction around the food that we receive. So we have to give it away free of charge. However, we are, our major partner is Coles. Yes. And we're built in a retailer's image. Yes. So, so the, the way that we work is very economically focused. And, yeah, yeah. and to give you an example of that, um, for every dollar that comes into Second Bite, we produce enough equivalent food for five meals. Okay. Wow. All right. For, and we, ev and for we, every dollar. For every dollar. That's and we phenomenal. do that over 100,000 times a day. That's awesome. Mm. So being a not-for-profit and, and being here today with a, a, with a conference that operates as a not-for-profit not as the social partner yeah, yeah, yeah. just makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I'm not here to help the conference delegates for money. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. here to talk about the issue. Yeah, I'm yeah. here to talk about how you support this activity in your home area because I can guarantee you that within five Ks of everyone who lives on the peninsula, yep. there is going to be an agency that works to feed people. So how do we do that? How do we support Second Bite in its endeavours? You don't need to support us. Okay. What you need to do is you need to understand who's doing this in your local area. Yep. And frankly, the next time you're doing a shop, 
some more pasta, some more tin tomatoes, whatever it happens to be, yep. and push it into them because okay. they're the real heroes. We are an aggregator. Yeah, yeah. The guys who are doing this at the front line are the real heroes. Of so these are, these are businesses around the peninsula all, all over the country, obviously, who have a... Uh, a a, somebody, a representative, or do they have? A, is there a, a box somewhere that we can put things in? What? Do, well, what I, I mean, I think it's. I think for everyone, you need to do a bit of local investigation. Right. So, as I say, the, the, the kind of ones that spring to mind for us, we do quite a bit in Mornington with the Family Relief Centre. There's an information centre down um, at Rosebud right. that that does a lot of great work. If you ask around. You'll yeah, find yeah. out who's doing it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and many of the supermarkets do have the, the bins where you can put in some tins and stuff. And, and, for, and for regional and remote areas, our relationship with Coles is a brokering one. So right. we will find out who the local food relief agency is. Yeah, yeah. And we connect them to the local store, and yeah. they transact that process themselves. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So to our, for all of the state capitals, we are actually involved in a, a logistics operation. And in regional and rural areas, we're involved in a brokering relationship between yep. food agencies and one of the national retailers. And, and so you you wouldn't have warehouses or anything. You yes, would, yeah, you we do. do. Yeah, so we you do. get so you get it from different places in the chain. Yep. They'll ship it to your warehouse, and then you ship it out to wherever it's got to go. Yes, or if we have partners who have enough capacity, we'll ship directly from straight the producer straight to awesome. them. Yeah, to make yeah, yeah. sure that they get it as fresh as they can possibly. Because oh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's the whole, the f- like the apples. It's getting the fresh produce that doesn't store well, versus when you're in a supermarket throwing a, a tin of something or a dehydrated or something that that can last longer is better. Anything in tins, yeah, anything yeah. ambient. These are the pieces that we supply lots of produce, um, but it, it it waxes and wanes yeah, depending yeah, yeah. on growing seasons and a whole series of other things. The elements that make up the meals that really change people's lives are the same as they are in anyone's house. It's about pasta. It's about rice. It's about the things that you add to these components to actually turn it into a meal. Yeah, yeah. And if, if local people ask the question about who the local agency is, and every time you do a shop, just throw some more pasta in or whatever it happens to be, they'll be delighted to get it. Fantastic. Jim, thank you so much for stepping by. If we want to find out more about Second Bite, is there a website or something we can find out details? There is. Um, you'll find us at um, www.secondbite.org.au. Secondbite.org.au. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, Jim, thank you so much, and thank you for being our partner here at the conference today. Delighted to be here. Fantastic. Thanks for the apples. <laughs> thank you so much for the apples. It's going to be a big apple feast and maybe apple pie on Monday. Who Indeed. knows? You're listening to RPPFM here live at the Bike Conference. Don't go away. We'll be back real soon. We are at the Bite Conference, and we are, I've got to tell you, it's Frankston. It's a little bit cold here today. It is a little bit cold. But the conversations are warming me up like never before, Sal. It is absolutely fascinating, the breadth of talent that's here. Yeah, and someone who's quite talented and done some amazing things and continue to do so is Marshall Hughes from Parcel. Marshall, welcome. Thank you very much, Warwick and Sally. Thank you. Um, Now, for those of you who don't know, Marshall has an amazing startup business, and he runs out of the family. 
Foundry, which is a uh, a little co-working space here in Frankston where we're trying to get new businesses uh, happening and startups kicking off. And Marshall has just come second in a pitch to put his business to China, and things are going huge. Tell me, what is Parcel? What does it mean? Give us some of your, your story and your journey. Uh, so really quickly, Parcel is a service where shoppers deliver on their way home to shoppers. So our customers are retailers, uh, and when you're at home shopping online, we appear in the shopping cart and says you can have your goods delivered in three hours. And then the shop gets it ready, and then we have what we call passers, who are people who've downloaded our app, but they're not Uber drivers. So they don't want to make money doing deliveries, but they've said to us, if we're in the right place at the right time, we're happy to do a delivery on our way home in exchange for So, products. like, I'm at the shop anyway, and, oh, you want this, and I'm dropping it off on, on my way home. I'll get a few bucks as I do it. You'll get a message on your phone saying, Warwick, we can see where you are, and our technology helps predict where you're going to go in the future. Yeah. Um, your next-door neighbours just ordered something from Bunnings. If you pick it up and deliver it, we'll pay you 10 bucks. Okay. Great. So it's not a formal courier service. It's more an informal sort of social courier. Yeah, there's a problem. One of the problems with couriers, and especially a lot of people buying online, is it's increased pollution and congestion. You've got a lot of white vans on the road. Yeah, yeah. And they spend 99% of their time empty and sort of looking around for the next delivery and whatever else. So right. the guy with Parcel is that it's, there's no congestion of pollution because if you were driving, you're already driving you're that You're doing way. it anyway, yeah. If you're taking the bus, your scooter, however you got there is how you get at home. So yeah. it's a nice one. We also help local retailers compete against the likes of Amazon and Alibaba. So it's a way you can compete. So sure, it might be cheaper to buy it online, yep. but you're going to wait seven days and you've got to go to the post office and pick it up yourself anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, it's Friday afternoon, or it's a nice, it's a Wednesday afternoon now and it's bucketing down with rain. You don't want to leave the home. Yeah, yeah, Someone's yeah. Someone's already done the hard work and gone to the shops already. Let's Gold. Do all the way home. So how do people participate in this? Is it an app? Download the app, uh, parcel.com.au. Parcel is P-A-S-S-E-L. Yes, Excellent. playing with the word pass. Well, parcel's actually a collective noun for a group of people. Oh, really? Yes. So I have a parcel of people. A parcel of uh, radio hosts, for of example. Of course ah. we do. Yes. Of course we do. It's a parcel of uh, producers that yes. could be as well. So, yeah, it's actually collected down, um, and it's just the way in Australia we say parcel because we don't use our yes. R's. Oh, there much. you go. Um, so, oh, sorry, I didn't answer the question. How do you do it? You download yes. the app. The app basically, uh, we ask who you are, where you live, yes. what your phone number is, and how do you want to be rewarded. Yep. So people, we can put the money in your account, or we can give you a gift voucher for the cho- store of your choice. Okay. Um, and then what you do is you give us access to your phone's location. And this is when the magic happens with Swinburne University, you are helping us. We build up a model of each person where they're likely to be in the future. So we don't want to send you a delivery at 9 o'clock in the morning to the city yep. if you're likely to be in Mornington until 10. Right, and so if we see from your history, I it's a Tuesday. Usually, you go to this the gallery on a Tuesday. So, Correct. hey, you're going to be going past blah blah blah. Okay, that's. We that's don't want good. you to be inconvenienced, but we'd like you to make some more money out of your spare capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so it's doubling up. It's it's reducing traffic. It's uh, reducing man hours, and that's it. Correct. And this is why the Chinese like it. For example, is that it's there are there are some issues in China with congestion, pollution. For yeah. sure, 250 million people for will become sure. middle class in the next Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So. How did this come about? Like, at what stage did you sit there and go, you know what, I could get my neighbour to bring my shopping home? So my background before Parcel was 25 years in freight and logistics. Okay. And freight logistics. That'll do it. That'll do it, yep. It's it's, it's a supply and demand problem. So Mm. every transport company out there either has too many or not enough drivers all the time. So they either have to get capacity from someone else, which is expensive, yeah. or they have drivers sitting idle, which is also expensive and, because and, you're paying... And it's the same with containers. Like, you see these container yards that are either full or yeah. empty kind of deal. 
Okay. So to use the container analogy, the guy with parcel is we don't build the container no. until someone's got something to put in it. Yeah. So we don't contact a parcel and say, do you want to do a delivery until we know there's something for them to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. Cool. I'm sorry, I, uh, seven years ago I had the idea. Yeah. And I just assumed someone else would do it because it makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Um, and then I but left my didn't. job. <laughs> and they still haven't. Right. So that's why we're talking to people in the Netherlands, yeah. the Netherlands in Ireland and Northern Ireland. Because I would imagine for the high-density cities and high-density populations, this is something that's going to make a whole lot of sense. Um, so it does. But do you know what our best site in Australia is? No. Moment? Evergreen Clothing in Main Street in Mornington. Really? So that's been our best site. That's been the one for the best quality of orders and the most people um, able to do the delivery. It's actually our our banner site and when we do a data analysis we look at the people who move around that and how they engage with the brand wow so we do deliveries we've got a pure baby in the city for example and yeah, we're yeah. about to launch Dimmicks yeah. um, but Evergreen Clothing and Mornings and that's how the one we, we double down on yeah, yeah. that's fantastic <gasps> And so do you now have to, is it through retailers you convince them to be part of it? Or is that, how do, how do the retailers get on board? Yes, our customers are retailers and we don't actually charge them anything unless we complete a successful delivery in three hours. So there's right. really no risk. But our target retailer is a big one with lots of stores. Yes. Um, and corporate world is hard to sell into. It's, yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. So we're about to launch Parcel Now in Frankston. Right. Where we're going to actually have our own platform and people will just be able to buy from Parcel and we're bringing the retailers on whether they like it or not. Okay. So you'll be able to order something from Bunnings or Super Cheap Auto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or any of those sort of stores. And we'll, we'll, go, we'll go buy it, get yep. it ready, and then we'll still get a parcel to do the delivery. For our listeners uh, that may are likely to be customers, how will they access it? How, how do they... So as a customer, do you mean as a retailer? No, or I mean as, as, as somebody who might want to buy something. So they download the app from... So search parcel yes. in your app store or Google Play. Yeah. And then it's, the system just takes care of itself. You don't actually... Once you've downloaded the app and registered, they don't actually have to do anything until they get a message from us. Right. So we don't want them to go to a job board. We don't want them to be sitting at the front of the shops hoping to earn some money. You can go and do that with Uber or Airtasker and yeah. whatever else. We just want them to be people doing their normal thing. That's the, what's best for us. Yeah. And then we pick up that... And then all of a sudden you get a ding. Hey, if you want to earn 10 bucks, go to this shop, which is just 200 metres away. Pick up this parcel and on your way home, drop this off. And we don't penalise people if they say no. We just figured that we didn't offer the right person the right job at the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And that's part of your learning of your AI about your modelling and getting all that sort of stuff. What a fascinating advancement. It's fantastic. uh, To play devil's advocate for for the moment, people like uh, Uber Eats have had some issues with Uber de- delivery drivers been seeing eating some of the chips on video camera. Have you seen this? No. So how do you mitigate that risk of someone going, yeah, I'll pick that up, and then stick on? The, the first thing is that Uber Eats do a lot of deliveries. There's 80,000 drivers. Correct, and, and, and I get that. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very, very small, small percentage. Asterix, Uber Eats, please don't sue me. I'm not saying anything bad against you. There's always just some very minority so, issue. So... <laughs> Uh, the challenge for Uber Eats, uh, if they're delivering hot food that people would like to eat. So we yeah. don't deliver alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Okay. We don't do uh, pharmaceuticals and we don't do hot food. Okay. Um, so that stops people from eating it. But how do we stop them from stealing it? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Going. yeah, yeah. So this is really interesting. When people on sign themselves up to parcel, they have to trust us with their information. They trust it perhaps with their bank account details, mm-hmm. uh, definitely with their location and the ability to communicate with them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And people who are trusting that will share their information are more likely to be trusted. Trusted, yeah, okay. So, Presumably you've also got a hell of a lot of details about them, haven't you? Or we, some details well, about say, them. If someone stole something worthwhile, we could probably tell the police where they're going to be in the next three hours. So yeah. if it came back to that. From the retailers, we're self-insure. We actually don't penalise the retailer if that happens, and yeah. it never has happened. But the other thing about Parcel is it's not... We're not... Uber. So yep. we're not this this big sort of 
faceless, although I've met people who do, but they're lovely. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but when, so if someone drops their wallet right now, we will yell out to them, mate, you dropped your wallet. Yes. that's a person, and we're a person-to-person interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the Armour van rolls out at the front, and there's $100 going over, it's like Batman. We'll just we'll be grabbing money and yeah. stuffing in our pockets. And people have a different mindset when it's a person-to-person service yeah. than they do when it's something that's rather anonymous. It's not a, it's not a, a, a nameless, faceless corporation. It's, it's people. Now, if I'm delivering organic baby clothes to someone in a hospital, yeah. I'm probably not going to steal them. Yeah, yeah, true. And that's and also we target women yeah. as our passers. Okay. Um, for two reasons. One is women are more likely to say, yes, I'd like to spend time in a shopping centre. Yes. Um, but also they're more trustworthy than dudes. Yeah, yeah. Fair so enough. I'm dodgy. Men can sign up, but we prefer, we love it when women sign up. <laughs> Fantastic. That sounds so exciting. If people want to find out a little bit more about it, so they'll obviously can go and download the app, but you have a website with a bit of more info and some yep, things? It is, thank you. It's parcel, P A S S E L dot com dot AU. Parcel, P A S S E L dot com dot AU. And uh, so with the China thing that's going on, what's going on there? Are you. Yes, so we were really lucky with China. The Victorian government took 15 startups from Victoria uh, to Jiangsu province, so their 40th anniversary of the sister state relationship between Jiangsu and uh, Victoria. Yeah. Uh, the city of Nanjing, which is about 8 million people, so it's not a big city for China at all. Yeah. Um, had a startup competition. They had 15 Australian startups pitching to Chinese investors. Yes. Um, and one of the criteria was, will this work in China? Yeah. Uh, and ah. we came second. So That's obviously fantastic. The, thing to do. the people who won is yeah. a company called Beagle who are developing a blood test to detect early signs of Alzheimer's. Oh, that's great. I don't mind coming second. Yeah, that. no, that's no, fake. We'll come second to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. So, and that's um, through a group called ACASE, which is the Australia-China Association of Scientists and Entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's now opened a whole bunch of doors where they can help us into China because China, like I'm, we're just a, a couple of people in Frankston. Yeah, China's yeah. a big, scary country. Oh, yeah. But when you've got someone holding your hand and guiding you through and providing independent translation. Yeah, yeah. Um, there really are some amazing services out there for businesses like yours trying to kick off and, and have this exposure. So, Well, we've been really lucky. You mentioned the Frankston Foundry really early on. Yeah, yeah. Without the Foundry, I still wouldn't be going. Like, yeah, okay. Being able to have a, a office away from home. Yes. Away from my five kids who I love dearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> being in there and, for example, the lo- our logo was designed by someone at the Foundry. Right. The parcel on their website's been designed by someone at the Foundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Foundry have done well. They've had some support from Launch Victoria, which yeah. is a government body. And also, we've got very good friends at Frankston Council and yeah, yeah. local and federal. That, and they really are a, a really great engine for startups here in, in the, the Frankston Council, yeah? Oh, 100%. Yeah, if, you, if, if you've got an idea, you can basically go and start talking to people who think the same way you yeah, do. Yeah, and even yeah. if it's just a beer on a Thursday night, yeah. sometimes that's enough to keep you inspired. A sense of community, because working on your own as a micro-business, it, it can be lonely. It, it sucks. Like, I'm apparently I'm extroverted, so I get energy from other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I struggle on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's other people like that in there. But the, other, the good thing about, though, the, the nature of the space is that sometimes we do have to work on our own. And everyone just sticks a pair of headphones on. And, and away you go. And basically it's like a sign saying, leave me alone, I'm working. Yeah. And you yep. can go and get your work That's great. Floor. And we're actually, look, I'm trying to get the Foundry guys on later, have a bit of a chat with them, find out more. Well, uh, I'm, going to go, I'm going back to the booth now. I'll give them a tap on the shoulder for you. Send them over. Excellent. Hey, Marshall, thank you so much for dropping by. It's been fascinating chatting with you. All about, Finding more about Parcel. That's P-A-S-S-E-L-L dot... One L. One L. Damn. One L. dot com. Thank you very much. Thanks for being part of it here at the Bike Conference. You're listening to RWPFM. Thanks very much. Who knows what fascinating guests we'll have up next. Stay tuned and you will find out. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business on RWPFM. We've got a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. See, because at a conference like this, we don't want to just talk about business. We want to give people a chance. And so at a previous session on PR, there was a competition 
whoever could pitch their business the best won a spot on radio. And the winner is, of course, Janet McNeil from McNeil Real Estate. Hello, Janet. Hello, how are you? I'm very, very well indeed. And because there'll be people listening going, whoa, what was the winning pitch? I'm going to throw it to you. Give us your pitch. Okay, my pitch is that uh, my I'm a real estate agent. I've got my own real estate agency uh, based in Mornington and I'm the first or the only uh, real estate agency who's actually uh, looking after the older generation, um, helping them through the process of making their decision uh, to move from their family home and downsize whether it's into care or a retirement village or something else um, there's a, a I, I believe there's a, a real need in that um, space for uh, a family and the older person to actually be able to ha- speak to an agent that they can trust that's not going to take advantage because it's a really emotional time mm, you know it's sometimes they've been in their home for like 40 years and you know they've Perhaps they've lost a partner and they just don't know what to do and they're dealing with the emotions of, you know, losing a partner, their health is obviously diminishing, they're not managing in their home and they just they just don't know what to do and they don't know what the best option is. So we sit down with them. We also, as much as we possibly can, sit down with the family because it, it is a, an entire decision and we don't... We don't want um, the family to think that, you know, we're a typical real estate agent that's come in and taken advantage and, you know, said to the parent, look, you know, you need to sell. Everyone gets involved. Everyone understands the process. They can look at what um, options are available to them for that move. And sometimes moving isn't actually the answer. We actually also work with a number of um, providers on the peninsula that help people stay in their home longer. So they don't necessarily, you know, if the garden, for example, is what's causing the problem, well, there's gardeners that can come in and do work for them. There's, you know, cleaners. There's people who can help them actually choose which which option of retirement or care is better for them as well. So we work with all these different um, providers to make sure that the person gets the best result for them, not for us. This is, there's a lot more hours that go into that than oh, perhaps yes. would normally go into selling a home. Yes, Yes, no, we do more than just sell the home. We, we, we feel that it's really important to make sure that the client understands what's happening as much as they can. And, if, and as I say, if, it, if the older person's in a situation where they can't quite understand it or grasp it, then the family will. And, and I relate this to, I went through all this with my dad when he wasn't well and, and, um, and as he was ageing, he was saying, okay, well, I don't quite understand what's happening. You know, Janet, you deal with it. You answer this question. You do this. You do that. And, and I know what it's like to have be in that situation. And so I can relate to the family member who's doing exactly the same as what I did. And most of the time, it's a woman who's doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. This is a really good example, I think, of a, of a business actually modifying itself to uh, to a changing geography, you know, that's out well, there. Uh, well, you know, the, the population is getting older. Mm, it's yes. only going to happen more. I was, we're speaking with our guests earlier about how we are now living longer. It was Pip who was yes. saying we're living longer. We are, yes. And, and government's aware of that, and the, the NDIS has come along board and so they're trying to they want people to stay in their homes longer is better for everyone it's more cost effective for the government it's better for the families yet they get to the point where it's not possible possible. anymore correct yep so obviously you need a lot of trust to be helping move that because let's face it family dynamics at their best (laughs) are challenging and this is going to be a very emotive time i would say even more emotive than a funeral because yes. at a funeral, it's like, okay, well, everything's gone it's and happened. it's done. Yep. Where this is like, 
how do we do what's right for the individual but make it easy for the family and navigate the no it's not it's too soon they can't move yes. out and then mum or dad might not be cognizant Quite of what's going on correct. so how do you build that trust to be that trusted advisor yep. through this difficult process i think one of the main uh, differences for us is we're not pushy we're okay. not we're not coming in and going oh you must do this 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 yeah, and this yeah, yeah. it's a case of okay guys I listen, listen to what the family is saying, listen to what the older person is saying. Because sometimes the older person says, well, I don't want to move. And the family says, well, you have to, or vice versa. And it's, as you say, the the dynamic there can be quite tricky. So you've really got to sit down and listen to the needs of each person and have a a big discussion, roundtable discussion, because you can't just talk to one person because then this person goes, well, you told them something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's together. Everyone gets the same information. They get the same um, advice, and they get to know what other, you know, um, services are available. So everyone gets the same information, and they can all uh, work with that in their own time. But any questions, they just come back to us at any time. But we just make sure that it's a case of ensuring that everyone knows what's happening and that way the family actually do trust us because they realise that we're not just coming in here and being bombastic and saying look you know what sell your mum and dad's house move off go and buy a retirement village and see you later that's the end of it Um, we also keep in touch with all of our clients after you know places have sold and settled We've got clients that, you know, in their 90s in retirement villages and we still see them. Yeah, yeah. Still speak to them, still see them, families, lovers. So, yeah, yeah. Because we're not just about the transaction, we're about the whole situation. Do you find, have you had any clients where they're like, oh, I don't want to go into the home, don't want to go in the home, and then afterwards, like, oh my God, this is the this, best thing. Oh, I've now yes. got friends again and I can oh, have yes. Did yes. you find that a bit? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yep. Because it is like for, for people who, uh, who, uh, might be struggling as they're getting older yep. to all of a sudden have that support and companionship. It's a fabulous thing to see, isn't it? It is, but retirement villages are not for everyone because there are people that are very... And my dad was one, for example. There's right. no way he was going to retirement village. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. We investigated a whole bunch of them, but he was the sort of um, personality that he felt that he couldn't... Um, mix with other people, you know, and he, he didn't, you know, sort of do all that too well. I disagreed with him. I thought he was fantastic and everyone <laughs> loved him and, you know, told jokes and it was always the life of the party. But in his mind, he wasn't. Um, so it's not for everyone. And that's part of what we also go through. Is this step the sort that you're going to be able to manage? Yeah. So there's people that can't manage and there's others, as you said, they move in that and they awesome. go, oh, my God, we should have done this years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did yep. you have a... a, a, a normal real estate business that has evolved into this Uh, niche? No. Um, I was working for a franchise, local franchise, and uh, I could see where I wanted to take, you know, again, because of my background, where I wanted to go. And working for that firm, I felt that I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So I started my own business three years ago. Right. And so you've been, and have you specifically niched at this business? Yes. From three years ago. Fantastic. And so what extra uh, uh, knowledge have you had to acquire? Like, do you do research on what does the NDIS mean? Because you were saying before, sometimes you'll have a client who might come to you saying, I think we need to sell the house. And you're like, no, we're just going to get a gardener and get a cleaner and you'll be fine. Yeah, because that person might not be quite ready for the retirement village lifestyle. As you say, if they're the sort of person that 
being in a retirement village is going to be completely wrong for them. Yeah. Well, then let's not push them into something that's not not for them. Let's help them stay where they are because they're more comfortable there. Yeah. And yeah. they might have family who can help that are nearby. Others that you know, family miles away. Well, they can't help. Um, so I I have a reasonable uh, knowledge of that, but also I have a network of people who specialise okay. in all that information. So that yes. would be part of what you do is not just. We have the conversation. We then have the network to support exactly. if we want to go further. So yes. do you specialise in a certain geography? I tend to look after the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I also have found myself selling properties elsewhere. So, right. yeah, absolutely. Have you had people just use you for advice rather than just yes. selling the property, but just basically we're getting towards that phase, yes. we want to get ready, blah, 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 blah. Yes. So you still get people who have that kind of conversation. Absolutely, because this is a long process. Yeah. For some people, you know, they might be, it might be a five-year plan yeah, yeah. that they're working towards and saying, okay, well, we're not ready now, but, you know, this is what, what we're, we're working towards. How do we get to that end result? Yeah. Yeah. And Lord help them if they're a hoarder, because you've got to get rid of oh, all this yes. stuff yes. at the back as well. <laughs> <laughs> Have you come across a few of those? Yes, we have. Yes, yes, definitely. Oh, man. It's a three-bedroom house with only one functioning bedroom. Yeah, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Um, I've got parents and parents-in-law that are are getting towards this kind of phase. And, uh, yeah, I pity the nursing home that they move to because they're going to take over, (laughs) I tell you. So, fantastic. Hey, Janet, if people want to find out more information or get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, there's a number of ways. Obviously, we do have a website, yep. which is um, uh, mcneilrealestate.com.au. Now, let's spell that because McNeil yes. can be spelled in many, many different ways. It can. So, I say M for mother, C, N for Nelly, E, I, double L, realestate.com.au. mcneilrealestate.com.au. We have a landline. Excellent. Which is uh, 59771737. And that's a 03 area it is code. 03. Because we go out internationally. We do, yes. Uh, that is 03, and the landline, of course, is for the older people. They don't really like to use say, mobile phones. Landlines, <laughs> <laughs> Would you like the mobile? One, let me give it to you 0419 503 327. That's 0419 that's the mobile. That's You've got the a mobile. Line. Yes, yeah, so, yes. So we've got a bit of everything. She's got us covered from all, <laughs> all positions. So Janet McNeil. Hey, Janet, thank you so much for coming in thank and you. talking to us. What a fascinating business that yeah. is only going to keep you busier and yes, busier. Definitely, yes. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Janet. You're Thanks. listening to Arnable PFM taking care of business. We're here live at the Byte Conference. And, you know, it's going well. We've got Ash, our runner. She's running around getting us all the fabulous people that we're speaking to. <laughs> so she's off trying to get our next one. We'll be back with you shortly. Oh, my, have we got a range of guests. I'm here with my very, very fabulous Sally Bailey, you partner in crime. How's things going? We're having a great time oh, here, we are we? indeed. It's, uh, we're it's quite so- illuminating. It is. Uh, who would have thought we'd be talking to people about selling homes when your parents get a bit older? Here at the Bike Conference, we have an amazing range of people. And one person who's quite amazing, and I know he is because we've chatted to him before, is Cam Rambert. Welcome back, Cam. How you doing, guys? Nice oh, to be back. Very, very well indeed. I'm going to get you to put your microphone a little bit further around so we can... There you go. So Cameron is from the Franks and Foundry, and we did hear uh, a little bit about the Franks and Foundry Marshall was saying nice ago. things, um, but what he wasn't saying is what's what's here, which is their slogan of work, meet, beach, repeat. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be a fabulous thing. Come and work by the beach. That's it. How's things going at the Foundry? Yeah, going exceptionally well. Um, we're doing a lot of really interesting projects. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, 
We're a co-working space and startup incubator based on the peninsula. Um, and uh, for long story short, it's essentially freelancers, startup entrepreneurs, uh, independent contractors, all want to uh, you know do their own thing. And you know, working from home is not the best place to show your clients around. It's going yeah. to be incredibly isolating. So. They use a space like ours to share resources, um, to save money, uh, but also, most importantly, it's like having that community behind you that feels like you're a team of a thousand. And so. this is what Marshall was saying. He's like, I got my logo done by someone at the Foundry. I'm getting some advice from people at the Foundry. I've been just having drinks on a Thursday with people at the Foundry. So I feel like I'm part of a big corporate loving community, and yet it's just me and maybe a business partner running a smaller micro business. So are you? is the Foundry a... a government or council-based thing, or is it a private enterprise? How did, how did it all come about? Yeah, it's a good story. Um, so James and I tried to run a co-working space about seven, eight years ago, back, back when co-working spaces weren't really a thing. Yeah. Um, so we were a little bit too ahead of our time. And um, <laughs> sure enough, you know, the stars aligned about eight, nine years later. We were both living in Frankston. I mean, we were originally from different, different ends of Melbourne. Right. Um, and uh, I was self-employed. I was a marketing uh, agent by trade. Uh, James was an IT consultant, and he was about to have his first child, and I was going crazy talking to my dog. Yep. Um, so I said, hey, mate, why don't we just, like, get an office together? And, you know, in a very sort of not-so-obvious way, I said, you know, and give this co-working thing a second crack. I think the market's right for it. And, um, uh, you know, it's just sort of steamrolled from there. I mean, it took a bit of a life of its own. We um, didn't move into our first premises until we had about seven or eight people already committed. Yep. Um, and we were on a short-term lease contract, and outgrew that space very, very quickly. Um, and then we expanded into the current uh, premises, which is on the corner of Wells and Key Street. Right. And uh, we have about 45, 50 residents now. So. Wow. Do yeah. you pick and, Do you pick, or is it curated in any respect? Or is yeah, it's it really a good question. So, sorry. I didn't okay. um, we originally went out with a bit of a focus on the you know, IT, technology, um, innovation sort of space. And um, what we found is the... One of the most amazing things about Frankston is there's a very strong community uh, feel about it. So we didn't want to come off too inaccessible and um, uh, you know put any barriers up for people to come in and just you know, dip their toe in the water for co-working. And whilst we still have uh, a lot of projects uh, targeted around the innovation space, we are very accommodating to, to everyone and we actually see um, as a greater opportunity for everyone to learn from each other at different levels. Because so. that's the challenge in a space like that, that working culture would have an impact. Even though they're not necessarily working together, you'd have this culture of respect and integrity and because there would be opportunities for someone to go, oh, that's a good idea. I might apply that in my business. Yeah. So to have that, that's got to be part of your selection process, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mention that. I mean, informally, we have a, I don't know what I'm allowed to say on radio, but we just call it a no dickheads policy. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I like that policy. That is a good policy. Um, I'm a huge fan of that policy. And uh, I guess the way it is is we don't, exclude people from coming in but we do set up um, systems and I guess a, an environment that feels welcoming to people who are looking to be pro, pro, you know productive and yeah. um, a, you know welcoming everyone else so it has to be a respectful environment if you're going to survive yeah. and if, if you're not respectful you're not you're just going to leave on your own because you're not going to get one out of it correct um, it is like a, a corporate culture just without the office politics which is yeah, how yeah. we like to sort of position it um, so you make you know we're all friends at the end of the day we had poker night last week with a few of us um, you know especially when you're all self-employed and Traditionally, it can be perceived as a little taboo to go on your own, and uh, a lot of these people find community in that through other people who are doing really creative and interesting stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, you ha- do you have your own desk? Or yes, do you- yes. Yes. So um, we have different membership tiers. You can, uh, you know, be a full-time resident, which is where Marshall is. He's got his own desk. Marshall was actually patient zero. He was the first ever member of our space. <laughs> oh, was he? Yes. I love it. Zero. Patient yeah. zero. And, um, and uh, all the diseases <laughs> come from him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but we, we do have other tiers. You know, you can yeah. come in once or twice a week uh, at a you know drop-in desk. So what sort of what sort of costing? So what are we talking about for just a drop-in? What's a daily rate? Okay, so uh, if you're not a member, uh, yeah. daily rate is about forty bucks a day. Okay, but that subscribes you to all the facilities in the space. It's kind of yeah. like a gym for your business. Come and get yeah, a workout yeah, yeah. and leave. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, we've just launched something very very interesting recently. Oh, do tell. <laughs> well, we're um. We're calling it the community membership. So okay. a lot of people really like what we do, but they get a little bit intimidated by, by subscription fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what we're offering is a, a $97 a year package, very wow. limited to the first 100 people, yep. um, to basically dip your toe in the water for co-working. So we, you get one access to one free co-working day per month. Yeah. Fifty um, percent off all of our workshops. We do a lot of stuff on, you know, like Facebook marketing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Business, uh, What do you do? You work workshops on? Uh, on Facebook marketing and other uh -huh. small business um, topics and that sort of thing. Um, access to all of our networking events, so you're part of the community essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so we just launched that today at Bike Conference. Nice. What a, what a great way to have a sort of a slow introduction, so that as well as everyone saying, "Are they right for us?" You going, <laughs> "Are we right for this community?" Yeah. What do you call it? Uh, the community membership. The community yeah. membership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Fantastic. And it's so the details idea. about that are all on your website. Yeah. We have a landing page. Uh, <laughs> well, you've only this, just announced it today. That's right. You? That's yeah. So we, you can apply online now. So if you go to our webpage, you'll see it there. Yeah. What's the webpage again? Uh, Apply.frankstonfoundry.com. Apply.frankstonfoundry.com. Excellent. Um, and so with the, the foundry, does everyone live sort of geographically around sort of Frankston? Area? Yeah. So I guess the, the, the larger proportion of our members are within the city of Frankston. Uh, yes. But we do have people all across the peninsula, everyone right. from you know Hastings to Sorrento to you know, Cape yeah, Shank yeah. even. Um, we've also had people north of Frankston, so some of the sort of like Bayside suburbs are a bit lower down, Chelsea, yep. Edithville, Cheltenham. Um, but yeah. Well, you've had some incredible success stories. I, I'm obviously talking with Marshall, who has a remarkable business called Parcel, which has just, you know, done so well and has just had such a claim given to it in China quite recently. Are there some major success stories that businesses down here that people may recognize that have Ooh. come through you or is that a mean question no no it's definitely not a mean question i think you're definitely going to see some success stories that have come through us they're just mm -hmm. not quite there yet they're very much on the precipice yes um, there's a couple of strong shout outs i'd like to mention uh yellow market one of the residents in our space is doing some pretty incredible things yep uh, in the software for our mining industry Oh, um, really? I know, very, very unique, right? Very niche, um, yes. Very niche, but it's such a big market. What is it called? Yellow Market. Yellow Market, okay. Yeah. So keep an eye out on them. And um, we're also uh, about to introduce an exciting program called the Founder Institute. Uh, we'll be uh, Melbourne's only, I guess, chapter of it, and it's going to be a 14-week coaching program for startup entrepreneurs. Fantastic. Starting August. Wow. And so that's just basically helping startups start up quicker, more efficiently, yeah, yeah. So it's a avoid highly, a lot of yeah. mistakes. It's an incredibly intensive um, and rigorous sort of program for people who have got an idea for a startup and have been either talking about it for a while and now yeah, it's yeah. sort of that, here's the crunch time, make a decision and we can actually help you get to a point of commercialization. Yeah. So. And is that going to be a way to go, okay, I've got an idea, I don't know whether it's got legs or not. By going through that course, yeah. you'll either go, oh, no, no legs or actually it does and this is the next step to make it happen. Absolutely. And if it's any testament um, to show you how good the program is. Marshall from Parcel went through it four, three years ago and it's evolved a lot since then. Okay. So Fantastic. Um, if okay. we can be spitting out lots of parcels out of the, out yeah. the program. That's Another, very exciting. A parcel of parcels. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Who knew uh, it was a collective noun? Not me, that's for sure. Hey, Cam, thank you so much. If people want to find out more about the Foundry, it's just 
Foundry. You can just Google Frankston Foundry Frankston and Foundry. come up with our homepage first and then our Facebook second probably. There you so go. All just Google. Up. We're not giving you web addresses, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Use Google Frankston Foundry. It'll go off like a frog in a sock. Cam, thank you so much for your time thank today. You. Good Appreciate to see it. you. Yeah, great. You're here live at the Byte Conference on RPPFM. We've got wonderful guests coming along. Our next one's about to take the chair. We're going to get the full rundown. Give us a minute and we'll be back and you will be part of the conversation. We'll be back in just a little while. You know what? It's time to talk. And who better to have than time to talk? We've got Sharon Neal from Time to Talk. Hello, Sharon. Hi, how are you going, Warwick? I'm very well indeed. I've heard lots of good things about your keynote on stage today. She was one of our main presenters here at the BiteCon in Frankston. And you are a disc guru, for one of a more technical term. Well, I'm not sure about a guru, but okay. we do use we, it extensively. You are a qualified and I didn't disc, know... disc practitioner. Yes, and I didn't know anything about that, so I don't even know what that is. Could you describe it? You know, it? that's a great question, isn't it? What is disc? Yeah, okay. So disc is a um, behavioural profiling tool, which sounds like a fancy name, but it's really just a way to get to understand yourself and others that you associate with. So whether it's at work or at home whether it's your, your manager or your colleagues or your mother-in-law, your kids. Yeah, so it's a great communication Yeah, no chance tool. with my mother-in-law. She understands me too well. <laughs> she puts food in my direction, I eat it, I do whatever she wants. That's how it works. No profiling. No profile her. required. Hey, so with DISC, what do the letters stand for? Okay, so generally there's four profiles and the DISC stands for a dominant, which dominant's a, a pretty direct, um, results-oriented, kind of forceful profile. Um, so stereotypically you're thinking... Maybe like senior manager who says, do this, do that, do this, do yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, quite results oriented, quite fast paced and just yep. gets things done. Don't care about the detail, make it happen. Yeah, just Don't get talk it to done. me how you feel, I just want results. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. So right. so good pick up there. Um, influencer, all about relationships, all about people, um, positive, optimistic, so okay. more, more people focused, a bit emotional. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, Jackie Mitchell, the host of the Taking Care of Business, mm. so she'd be a high influencer kind of gal. Yeah, I, I, I work a bit with Jackie. So, yeah, high I, maybe secondary G there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she does get high stuff High I, secondary D. I'm just going to make a note of that. Just make That'll a help you in your dealings with her, for <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so that's the influencer. Those first two are a bit more fast-paced, and then you get to the steady profile, which is more uh, about stability and things running smoothly, like all their ducks in a row. Um, so maybe like an accountant who is like, I want all my... Boxes ticked, and we just yeah, you know. we do. I, you know, the demographic of different sectors can lean towards particular disc preferences. We see that because we work across a lot of sectors. Certainly, if I was wanting someone to um, do my books, I'd want them to be a little bit more detailed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I wanted someone doing brain surgery on me, I'd probably want them to be more conscientious, which is That's the last the, one. Yeah, you're So, what's the last one? Conscientious. conscientious, which is very analytical, very detailed, kind of a bit of a perfectionist. And that's okay. why I say, if I wanted a brain surgeon, I want someone who yeah. is really focused on the minor detail and not just, oh, she'll be all right on the day. Is it done yet? Come on, yeah, next yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, okay. So once we know, this is this is a method that's used by lots of different people, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. And once we, once we work out things about other people, define them, how does that help us? Okay, so it helps us in a couple of ways. And there's lots of tools like this. I mean, there's Myers-Briggs, there's Herman Brain Dominance Instrument. There's a whole swag of tools that you can use. This is probably one of our preferred because it's simple and you can actually oh, get... Oh, I do like simple. Yeah, simple's good, particularly in today's workplace when we've got a lot in our heads and it's very busy. Um, so what it does, firstly, it makes us more self-aware. 
So what are the things about myself that are great, but what are the things that might actually frustrate others? Because we've all got that, each preference. Um, you, Sally, you're perfect, just so you know. Oh, that's so nice. No, I think you should Sally's, know that. I thought that about Sally when I first oh, saw yeah, her. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure where she fitted in those <laughs> yeah, yeah, preferences. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing is understanding others' preferences and, and what the match-up is. So I can adjust my communication style, for example, to better suit how you like to receive messages. and. Okay. We get better connections and better outcomes generally. Now, you were saying before we are talking just about Jackie, we didn't talk about it, she's not here, how she's, uh, I think you said strong influencer, maybe You're a bit the of dominant, dominant as well. Yeah, so, yeah. is that, do we, do we, we don't just fit in one category, so do we have a bit yeah. of everything or yeah. how does Look, it work? It's, it's degrees of preference and that's what I like about DISC, it's not putting you into a box. Um, you would lean towards one, maybe two preferences. So I'm a bit like Jackie. I lean towards the DI preferences. Um, some other people might be more SC or even SI. So any sort of combination right. works. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a lot of conscientious. My conscientious is really low. It almost needs um, resuscitation. <laughs> so I've got no, not really good attention to detail, but I kind of surround myself with people that yeah, do. Yeah. And, and, and it's, I think it's important to note, it's not good or bad, is it? Like, no. It's not like you need to be in this category. It's just like it's interesting. Not good, not bad, just is. And, and it's just different, and different isn't bad. In fact, different's great because I don't want to have five influences in my team because we'd have a fabulous well, time, but yeah. we wouldn't get no, much No, don't do everything. We're too busy influencing each other <laughs> yeah. and not actually doing anything. Absolutely. So I want the diversity. As I said, I'm pretty low on my conscientious, so I make sure that I've got a few of those in my team okay. to, to kind of pull me up on that. Or I can pull it up myself if I need to. Yeah. So um, so this is a this per- personality profiler, is that what you call this? Yeah, it's, it's around preferences, so communication behavioural yeah. preferences. And this is a tool that businesses use. So, yeah. this is, so tell us about your business, because your business is called Time to Talk. It's obviously about interpersonal relationships and presumably how they affect uh, working environments. Absolutely, yeah. So... We go into a lot of organisations, public, private sector. We work with teams. So this is a great one with teams to share your preferences and understand. So you'll commonly, and we even heard it in the keynote, people go, oh, that's why you do that. Now I understand. So it gives you kind of a better understanding of the people you work with. You know, we'll often have people go, that's why I frustrate you so much. And you always give me that look. (laughs) So it just deepens our understanding. And there's a bit of humour in this too, because I think, Warwick, as you said, there's no good or bad here. Each preference has strength. Each preference has things they have to watch out for when they're communicating with others. So, you know, I might be a D and I might get a bit forceful if things are going wrong and other people might find that a bit confronting. So I just have to realise how I might come across to others and how my preference might be perceived by others. Um, and once you kind of open up people's eyes to that, they get. A, I've had a lot of people today come up and go, oh, that was a bit of an eye-opener because I could kind of think of the people that I live with, work with, cohabit with and it's helped me understand i would expect that this would help a lot of relationships oh yeah absolutely Um, be it you know intimate relationships as well as business relationships and partnerships in business and kids like just interacting with your kids just having a bit more comprehension i've seen a lot of people do this kind of thing and go oh that's nice i'm high eye and then put it back on the shelf What's the best way to take advantage of a disc yeah, profile? I think if you've got a common language, if if you've got a team that does it together or an organisation that does it together, or even if you do it on your own at a public program, it's how do you take it back and share it and start getting that common language um, and keeping it alive throughout you know, the next three, six, 12 months. So it becomes kind of part of your fabric. So we see organisations that do this in teams and then commonly talk about it, do a lot better with it. Right. Yeah. And we, we work quite closely with organisations to say, well, 
it's nice to do the one-day workshop or a two-hour workshop, but what are you actually going to do with it over the next three, six, yeah, 12 yeah. months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the reason I like this one, though, is we do go back in and we get lots of good We get good traction with this. People use it. They get it. It resonates at all levels, executive level, right through to, you know, frontline service, road workers. We've done it with everybody. Yeah, and yeah. everyone gets it. Um, so if you've got someone who, for example, is high D, which is typically dominant, are they, are they likely to say, oh, well, I'm a high D, so you need to change to be more like me? Uh, yeah, well, we, we, you know, all preferences can be like that. Right. You know, this is me. You've got to take me as I am. The, the most important thing is to have a bit of self-awareness about how that comes across. So I can be quite D. Like, my D is a lot higher than it used to be, Yeah. So which means I'm quite impatient. So I can just say, well, I'm impatient, bad luck. <laughs> or I can actually self-manage that and go, well, yeah. I am impatient. I need to stop and breathe and go a bit slower for people and be a bit more patient and don't get frustrated. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's a bit of emotional intelligence in there. And, and it would appear to me that it's a lot easier to change your own behaviour than change anyone else's behaviour. Well, you can only control your own. So, <laughs> so yeah, so having being uh, flexible about how you interact is going to make it a lot easier for the communication yeah. process. And there's a reciprocation there. If I adjust my style to better suit Sally... We're probably going to have a better relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, does a business? So, how do businesses bring you in? What do they get you to do when you when they look? It's a range of things. Um, it might be in a leadership workshop where we're actually doing the disc profiles of the leaders and, and uncovering well, what does that mean for you as a leader? And then, how do you actually identify where your team are? Um, and you can motivate your team differently depending on where their preferences. Even your messaging can be different for different team members that you have so from a leadership perspective we did work another quite recently with um, a leadership team that sat under the directorate and they wanted them to step up so we actually got them to do a presenting with impact program but it was all based on tailoring it to the disc profiles of the the board members yeah fantastic and that was awesome because everybody got catered for so how do you pitch your messages how do you get attention how do you influence and engage at all levels? So service people dealing with difficult customers. Yeah, it, it cuts across all There levels. are so many different ways to tweak your business, aren't there? There I really mean, there, are. You can look at it in, on, from so many different platforms. And I've got to say, I'm a big, hand, a big fan of the disc profiling because, as you said, it's so easy. Yeah. And once you have an awareness of it, you can do an approximation. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you'll nah. be dealing with a customer and you might go, oh, yeah, they're high D or they're high C, and you can then flex your style to better engage. Perfect, and I think yeah. when it comes to business, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Oh, better engagement. Absolutely. And you know what? You don't have to put the label on. It's You're just flipping it around and going, how do they want to interact? Correct. You know, what's important to them? How do they want to receive messages? You mentioned your kids before. I'm a a mum that's um, lived alone with three teenagers, now young adults, for the last eight years. This has helped me enormously. Yeah. Because in our house, my three kids and I, we're one of each preference. So that makes for a lot of great stuff, but it could makes for a bit of frustration. You know what's also good with dealing with three teenagers? Yeah. Changing the locks. Don't let them back in. They're gone forever. (laughs) Well, two are going to Europe, so that might be the case. As long as they don't say mum sent money. (laughs) Hey, it's been great having time to talk with you. If people want to get in touch, find out more about disc profiling or have you to come in, what's the best way to get um, in touch? You can jump onto our website, www.timetotalk.com.au. And that's time number two and yeah. then talk.com.au. Fabulous. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thank you, you so much, much for your time. It's great to have you, Sharon. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You're listening to RPPFM. We're here live at the Byte Conference. Uh, it's been a joy having all our different guests on. We've got another couple of guests coming up very shortly. We're only here for another 40 minutes, so stay tuned. Get the best out of it. Sign squeeze every last little bit. And we'll be right back right after this. (laughs) 
Welcome back. Taking care of business, RPPFM. I'm your host, Warwick Merry. With me, I have the... Sally Bailey. Oh, well, the ever, ever glamorous, I was going to say, but, but you know, we'll cut in with that. But we also <laughs> have someone of utmost importance to the future for Greater Frankston. We have the CEO of the Committee for Greater Frankston. It is Ginevra Hosking. Welcome. Thank you, Warwick. Hey, um, so tell me, what is the Committee for Greater Frankston? The Committee for Greater Frankston is a bipartisan, not-for-profit organisation um, supported by local business members so we're, or, and business members. But the purpose of the committee is to look at what are the major infrastructure or policy projects uh, that are actually holding the community back. You know, the, the big things that everyone kind of goes, oh, why didn't it actually happen? <laughs> yes, you know, yes, yes. Yeah, it, it, this is so obvious. Surely someone... Um, and really working with all levels of government in a bipartisan way to say... What do we actually need to do and how do we make this happen? So you're not a council body or a government organisation, are you? No. No, no so they're, we, a, they're a fresh set of eyes. Oh, we love a fresh from set the community, of eyes. From out of the community. Yes, it's, it's mm. a rather interesting model, I think. I, I, I do know that it's happened. Like, this is a model that has occurred before. I think we have a, a, a committee for Melbourne. Yes. And we have a committee for Geelong. Is there one for Ballarat? Or um, Ballarat, um, also Auckland, Perth. Um, what, there is, what there hasn't been is really anyone looking after this side of, of the peninsula, yeah. this area. And you know, Melbourne's so big and, and obviously there's yeah, lot, lots of benefits we get. But we really felt that there was a, a big gap in, in the, um, in the decision-making in this area and sort of the long-term vision and how it all comes because together. Because for us... It has been a very popular place down here on the peninsula and more and more people are moving down here. There's a lot more holidaying going on down here. I'm, I'm living from Melbourne when the summer's on. People go, why don't we go down to the peninsula for the day? Over summer, I'm like, no, no, it's just it's <laughs> like it's just it's too messy down there. So this is obviously addressing some of these issues going, how do we make it so that it is a, a more pleasant experience? So what are some of the things... Yeah, what are some of the What are some of the things in the strategy that we're looking at? Look, at, at a highest level... The um, problem was definitely that there was a job shortage relative to the population. Right. I think that was well acknowledged. And, and so most of our themes in some way are actually something that would shift that dial. There, there, there's not much that, that, that we're looking at that isn't materially going to actually increase the job base in this area. Um, but the three, the four main areas are... Um, better connections to work, so fast links to, links to work and better public transport, actually building out um, the public transport network in this area, and it's not going to happen in one go. Because it sort of stopped at Frankston. The train line stopped at Frankston a few years. I went to university down here many, many years ago, and uh, after Frankston, it sort of, well, you had to get yeah. a bus and something about buses that just weren't quite as good as the rail line. So where are we looking at extending that to? So, look, one of the, the issues with... Um, dead-ending your train line in the middle of your uh, CBD mm. is that if anyone wants to connect and go in the other direction, you have to use the CBD as a car park, which is kind of uh, completely counter, <laughs> counterintuitive to what you actually want to be. So the aim is then to extend past Frankston following the stony, old Stony Point yes, line. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so the, the corridors are actually already exist. Take it out of the... Um, out of the CBD, past the um, hospital Monash University. And one of the really exciting things that's happening in Frankston is that's, that, that precinct is changing quite significantly. Mm. Monash, Chisholm have both committed to making that a regional part of their, uh, um, a major part of their university campuses yes. and are investing large amounts of money to, um, to actually build out their faculties there, um, whole faculties. Yep. Um, it's also, we've got the hospital redevelopment that we've been working on, which is a 50, uh, $562 million new 
development right. that will integrate teaching and education into the hospital. So you've actually got a biomedical precinct there. So go past that, which is great if you've got all these new students coming yeah. in, yeah. Um, through the Lakewood, Karingal area. So connecting whole parts of this region into the public transport network so they can get to Frankston, they can get into to city jobs and really opening up the job opportunities for those people. Um, right out towards Langwarren, so um, around McClellan Drive, where you've got the galleries and things. But the real opportunity here is to actually set up a dedicated park and ride. So to actually say, look, people will want to drive to connect yeah. to the pa- transport. If you're going to do it, do it somewhere where it's not going to cause pain. There has been a lot of urban growth in that area as well, so a lot more housing, a lot more residents. So to have that park and ride facility there without having to fight traffic just to get to the train line, yeah, like, yep. that's got to be a great thing. Look, it, it, it's a little bit of a joke. Um, if you look at the dedicated commuter car parking at Frankston in, in Frankston CBD, there's 416 spaces. <laughs> and on any given day, 3,500 people connect to Frankston train by car. Yeah. So you, you, a lot yeah. of kiss and goes that's there. A, there's a massive disconnect. <laughs> there's, yeah. So it's fantastic you've looked at it. Okay, great. So we're going to looking at the... the those options. What else? Um, look, one of the really exciting things that until we started digging into it, we didn't really understand, but Caram Downs and the Caram Downs Industrial Precinct is this region's biggest job growth story. Oh um, you know, it, it's basically doubling in size every five years. Um, it's become a really innovative source of job-dense businesses. So it's not auto repair shops and, and, and warehousing. It's actually um, businesses, uh, high-intense IP businesses. Are these the huge buildings that we're seeing coming as we come down the end of the um, Peninsula Link? Uh, East Link? It is, yeah. yes. Um, a lot of them own their own IP. There's really three types of businesses that are clustering there. Um, second stage food processing, so your, your um, milk products that are all exporting. Um, you know, you've got Orgran, which is the um, um, gluten-free, dairy-free products. These are these are exporting all around the world. Um, you've got a second set of businesses that are own. Um, uh, own the IP to particular production, um, construction industry product. So it's it's raw product, but it actually goes into the construction industry. Yep. So you've got boutique paints. Um, there's one that's just been developed that's actually um, uh, antibacterial, so for use for hospitals and things like that. Um, and then you've got um, integrated supply chain, so people actually supplying things into Melbourne. It's really quite high-end production management. So it's exciting um, parts. And the insight here was just don't kill the golden goose. You know, if this yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. working, make sure that we've provisioned for the success of this and, and actually factor that into the future. And one of the big projects that we led on there was Latham's Road. Right. And, and um, yeah, this was Frankston's number one road project. <laughs> when we started on it, it was in the 15 years plus bucket, we've not opened the fire. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. So within uh, nine months, we were able to work with um, Vic Roads. We, we prepared the business, the benefits side of it. They uh, found an engineer to do the costings, and together we were actually able to get the, fo- the um, road fully funded in that, nine months. Because that's the yeah. thing with that kind of um, growth in that industrial sector mm. obviously comes with that a whole lot more transport and logistics, yeah. which then has an impact on other motor users on the road. So to have the right infrastructure in place is terribly important. Well, it had brilliant north-south arterials, but nothing running east-west. Nothing east-west, east, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. So who's, who's behind... The, who are these eyes that are, that are looking at these things and recognising the them? The new that, eyes. Yeah, they, <laughs> are. they are, aren't they? They are. Look, um, we're very fortunate to have um, Fred Harrison, who's the chair of our, at the moment of our committee, um, 
He is the CEO of Richie's IGA, yes, which is the Australia's biggest independent chain of supermarkets. And can I say, he was my boss. Oh. Uh, when I was here at Frankston at what's now Monash University, I used to work at was what was um, Richie's SSW back oh, at the time. Yeah. Uh, and Fred was, was my boss. Yes, well, he's still here. Um, and, yeah, obviously Richie's is a, a, an absolute icon mm. um, I- icon for the area, but their office is in Caram Downs, and he just felt that, that um, he'd seen one of his suppliers, a very good friend from Patty's, was running the, the committee for Gippsland. And so when this opportunity came up, he absolutely jumped in and said, yeah. yes. Make me your first chairman. <laughs> we've got yes. Um, we've got Monash University, Frankston Council, um, um, the Peninsula Health, um, Ingham's Chickens. So a lot of the bigger employers, but also a lot of the smaller employers. So people have just come to the area and have been and they're successful in Caram Downs or locally, and they've really been able to make a business for themselves and, and said, look. We're doing really well. We see the potential of Frankston, but we want it realised. We're not prepared to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we're not prepared to just accept that it's got potential. Yeah, this is about action. It's about actually getting things delivered. And and mm. having that perspective from people who are like, and we are the users of these service, and we know the mm. growth that we want for our business and what we need to get there. And we live in the area, so we're also consumers, uh, and we know the impact as just a, 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 a rate-paying member of the public. Yeah. So un, unlike having a government uh, or a council who has a different perspective. So to have uh, have that different perspective and be able to sort of influence what's going on has got to be a great thing. And, and obviously, um, you know, they represent a large portion of the employment base. In, in yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, there's some very significant employers that, that are actually working for the community to make these things happen. If people want to find out a bit more about the Committee for Greater Frankston and some of the work they're doing and some of the projects that they're, they're advocating for, how do we find out more information? Um, look, first of all, the, we've got a website up and running, so that's probably the easiest way okay. to, to, to start. Um, I'm very happy to, to what's do that. So what's the, what's the website? Yeah. Um, so c4gf.com.au. So that's yeah. c4gf.com.au. Yeah. Um, yeah, that and that'll take you to the main website. Right. There's links there. Um, email us at info.com. Um, info at c4gf.com.au and I'm sure if you Google Committee for Greater Frankston you're going to find you as well fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) oh Google knows what it's doing they're listening to our conversation as we speak I think it's really exciting to I think it's good like I think there's there's another body out there yeah, it's really, really giving a, a big picture look. Yeah. It's about owning the vision for the city and saying, sure. look, actually, this is, you know, councils think they move on over time, but as a community, we need to own it. We need to be part of it. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, connecting people from the, the, you know, the very begin, but also down, you know, the small businesses, the individuals, um, the, the galleries and not-for-profits. We've got some of the schools are involved. Yeah. And, you know, really it's that connection of, of everyone saying, collectively, how are we going to create And it is, as, as a community, as a greater Frankston, what do we want? What do we see as our future? And then, and then, doing what we can to make that happen. Yeah, and and, and keeping it small. Like I think you know, everyone has lovely pet ideas, but yeah. half of the power is actually saying, right, we are having a very short, very small list, and we're delivering it. Oh, but then we'll add something else. Can I tell you, less is more is one of my favourite things that happens. Happens. Uh, yeah, need, we need to use less is more a whole lot more. Thank you so much That's for right. stopping by today. It's great to have you here at the conference and um, I know some one of our exhibitors so sort of uh, spreading your message, which is fantastic. Thank you very much and thank you so great much for hosting us today. Uh, absolute pleasure. Thanks, Jennifer. You're here at the, the Byte Conference. I wanted to say Smart Conference, but that's because Smart Business Solutions are the major sponsor of being here as well as Zero. So thank you to those two big companies. You're listening to RPFM Taking Care of Business Show. We've got some more great guests coming on the show very soon. We'll be back right after this. 
Ooh, welcome back. No messing around. The boss has come on over and said, I Hurry want up. this to be going to make it go, make it go. So who better to make it go than Boss Lady Brain, April Wiston. Hi, April. Hello. How are you? I'm delightful and all the better for having you on the show, but not as good as having Sally oh. on the show. She makes me happy. <laughs> hey, I think, Boss I think Lady Brain. Yes. What the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, boss Lady Brain is a coaching agency for people in small business. Right. So we're helping you get the boss lady brain of making stuff happen. Yeah, it's a mindset yeah. uh, that you need to get. Uh, but the boss element comes into, we really look at all aspects of the business. So I'm big on looking at your financials. I'm, it, but yeah. does it drive you nuts with your customers go, I don't understand numbers, so I let somebody else worry about that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand because my, my training is as an accountant. Yep. And so I'm just like... You've got to know the numbers. If you don't know the numbers, yeah. don't be in business. Yeah, you'll, well, you won't be surprised. Um, but when you start to work with clients and they come for a coach because they've got issues with cash flow, they've got issues with staff, they've got issues with marketing, they want to launch a new product. And then I say, okay, can we pull some financials? And they say, yeah, I'll get on to my accountant for that. And I'm like... Uh, you know, it's like nowadays with Zero, one of our great sponsors here today, like you can whip out your phone and go, yeah. let me have a look at my profit and loss for the last month, yeah. three months, six months, 12 months. And like, it's it's here. Yeah. And, and so that's what I really encourage my clients to get to the point. So I really love working with accountants. Um, so all of the accountants that are here today, I'm like, can we meet? Let's, <laughs> let's hug. Um, and so I, it's really important if you have got a business coach to have a great relationship between those parties. Because uh, often by the time I get a profit and loss, I will go through that with my clients and I'll get the highlighter and the pen and I'll be asking things like, so when did you last check your merchant fees? When did you last check your insurance? What are your wages doing? Are they at the appropriate percentage for your industry? Um, do we need to decrease them? Do we need to look at increasing them? So that's one aspect. And then I'm big on people. So ultimately, um, business is just people doing really cool shit. Um, and if you don't have the right people, uh, then your business is not going to do amazing. Right. What, what's with the title, Boss Lady Brand? Yeah, so I own a caravan park. And also another. Of course you do. Like, you know, don't, don't, haven't you got? I've got a couple. <laughs> so I do. I'll give a shout out. It's park. called uh, Marul Holiday Park up in Echuca Moama. Oh, we'd love Echuca. Yeah, so that's where I lived for 11 years running my park. Um, right. And I got it to the point where it could become an income producing asset that's not dependent on me. Yep. And so I've got amazing staff there who manage that. They've all got great KPIs and targets, and I manage my managers now. Great. And that allowed me to step aside and create Boss Lady Brain. So Boss Lady um, is what I used to be that persona within the caravan park. Yeah, I had yeah, to, yeah. To, to really embrace that because you can imagine peak season, you're managing 2,500 people, um, lots of different characters. So that was sort of a mindset that I used to embrace. And the brain um, is all about mindset. But I actually was inspired to start this business when my uncle died of brain cancer. Right. And um, he said to me before he passed away, he said, April, you've got to do what you love. And... Working in my caravan park, I'd loved it, but it wasn't truly my passion. I yeah, love yeah, helping yeah. people. Yeah. So that inspired me to pull my finger out yep. and I started the agency, meshed all those words together and I came up with Boss Lady Brain, uh, which is really empowering yep. and that's what we do. We empower people in business. Fantastic. And so you're based down here? Yeah. So I have just moved here 10 weeks ago. Oh, from Echuca? From Echuca. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I live here now yeah, yeah. Uh, in Mount Martha, but I work online. So I work globally. Right. So I've got clients in uh, New Zealand, South Africa, all over Australia. Superb. Because we embrace tech. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's like it doesn't matter. You can just chat on Zoom, the... Skype. Yep. As long as we've got the right time. Yep. 
and we both show up at the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really easy. Fantastic. And even clients that are locally, yeah. Zoom actually works amazing. Who are your favourite clients? What sort of Ooh. category? Obviously, clients? I work with parks. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've just signed on Caravan Parks Australia. Nice. I've got a caravan park down in Cows and other caravan parks up in Cows. Yes. But I work with a lot of clients from different industries. So I have some swim schools, pharmacies, uh, photographers, other coaches and consultants. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how do people find you? Uh, so I'm big on social media, mm-hmm. so they can definitely find me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Boss Lady Brain. Boss obviously. Lady Brain. <laughs> Facebook and Instagram is where I play. Um, and also my website online. So just www.bossladybrain.com. Excellent. So Boss Lady Brain all over the place. Yeah, everywhere. Awesome. So give us what's two tips for small businesses to, the, to take it to the next level. One, know your financials. Yeah, definitely know your financials. And two... Appreciate your people and know their strengths and know their stretches. Excellent. And with the disc profiling we had previously, that's about how do we communicate better with them to actually understand their strengths. Yeah, well, I'm actually an accredited disc profiler. Oh, I see. So, that's so how we good use it is. that in, in the business to We're work with the clients. It. I've oh. learned so much today. See, of course you have. Yeah. April, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank it's been you a chat so pleasure with you. You're here at the the Bite Conference. I'm still want to call it the Smart Conference. I don't know why. It's we're having a Smart Bite. It's all it's all good. Um, but we've got uh, some fabulous interviewees coming up with ice creams. Yes, <laughs> and uh, fool, the uh, foolishly they have not given it to us. They've taken their, their ice creams away. So we've got Yolanda and Nick, but we haven't quite got them live. We're just getting our microphones sorted, and now we are all live. Hello, Yolanda and Nick. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. It's a pleasure to have you here. We had a chat last year. I remember you because of the fast, fantastic hairstyles. So uh, tell us a little bit about Inspire Tribe. Again, exhibiting here at the Bike Conference. Thank you yep. so much for your support. But talk to us about Inspire Tribe. Well, we're coaches and mentors. So Just move your microphone around a little bit a little and we'll bit find out how up. you can. Yep. Let me coach you in microphone. Yeah, thank there you, you go. Thank so coaches and mentors. Yes, so coaches and mentors. So coaches ask good questions yes. and mentors show the fast track. Oh, I like Mentors that. Mentors show the fast track. Coaches mm. ask good questions. Ah. Good so questions. Sometimes we have to coach. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if we can mentor. Goal. Nice and fast. Ex- Mentors have already walked the path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, have been course. there, done that. Mm. Of course. It's mm. just, it's just mm. a really great encapsulation mm. of, of the process. Yeah, so it's fun. So what's the biggest thing that's happened in your business over the last 12 months since we last spoke to you? Uh, well, we've simplified. Yes. Oh, I love that yes. concept. We've 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 gone from talking around topics to frameworks to words to now very simple pictures. Uh, uh, emojis. So that's what, yes. what yes. Steve Samartino said earlier on. The biggest the biggest bit of technology that we have is emojis, and that's what you've done. You've emojified your business. We, have. we very much have. We so we talk we talk now in circles and squares of and we triangles. Do. What does that mean? No, tell me. Well, so I'm a little circle, and yeah. you're a little circle, and you're a little circle. So we're all little circles. So yeah. all of a sudden we start to get a feel for people and emotional intelligence and the fact that little circles are equal. So sometimes people think that their little circle is more important than other little circles, but when we bring it down to that little concept, right. all of a sudden we start to get a feel for everyone's about the same. So it's really, it's, it, it's humanism in a way, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. But for hyperlogical people, for um, what per- hyperlogical, so very, very logically based people, yes. humor, humanizing life yes. is easier said than done. And for people with very low self-esteem, they sort of sometimes feel a bit subhuman. So helping them to feel normal and as equal, mm. um, they're the challenges that we face. So symbols can help a lot. Right. Business psychology is 
you know, I just said before, there's so many different ways that we're actually beginning to tweak our businesses. And psychology is obviously a really big one now. People are actually realising that we do actually need to address the, the human side of business in order to make it better. Is that kind of what you do? A thousand percent. Yes. B- business yes. is just a reflection of us. So yeah, very much so. It's confronting as that can be sometimes. <laughs> yes. It's a good winner and a winner. Yes. There was a speaker this morning saying that, you know, it's it's harder to find the separation between personal and business or the balance and, you know, who we are in business is, well, she was saying it sort of overlaps. But but I guess from our perspective, it's it's very much who you are as a person. You're just projecting that in every aspect of your life. And business is just one of those aspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who gets you in? Who brings you you into their businesses? Well, Business owners who want to get ahead, yep. business owners who were ahead and are starting to feel like they're plateauing, uh, or business owners who are at loggerheads with another business partner. So it that must here. be interesting. Um, how do you go dealing with that? Because the, the emotions must be very high yeah. in that kind of situation. We're very good at that because we've lived and breathed it. <laughs> 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 it's that mentoring. We've, we've walked the path. We know what it's like to be fighting in the back room and then come out the front going, no, everything's fine. <laughs> well, all of our material has come from the two of us right. learning to communicate with each other and all the, the challenges within us and the challenges that we see within clients. We've just yeah. reverse engineered it, reverse en- you know, perfected, perfected. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, even when we're dealing with people with high emotions and, and deep emotions, uh, we have a way to simplify it and work through it. Fantastic. Yeah. Hey, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more and maybe help you get in there and simplify their stuff, yes. how do they do that? Inspiretribe.com.au. Inspiretribe.com.au. Or just Google Inspire Tribe and there you'll be. Yes. yes. Ladies, thank you so much for stopping Pleasure. by today. It's a pleasure to have a chat Pleasure. With you. Thank you very much. Again. Thanks. Thanks. You're with a Double RPFM here at the Byte Conference. And we will be back in the not-too-distant future. Hang around. We look forward to chatting again. We've got Glenn Phelps here from Aspire Technologies. Hey, Glenn, how's it going? Good, thank you. Good afternoon. Good to be here. Uh, absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, have you been uh, having fun out on the expo floor? Oh, it's been great. I've met some really interesting people. It's a, it's a great conference, the BikeCon, isn't it? Yeah, it actually is. It's good to be able to network with like-minded business people from the peninsula. And yeah. Yeah, it's been fantastic. So you're from Aspire Technologies. Tell me about Aspire Technologies. Aspire Technologies is an information technology company plus. We actually do a little bit more than just your servers and your emails and your computers and stuff. We do the internet, obviously, with NBN. Yes. NBN's rolling out through the peninsula at the moment, so it's an exciting time for all the companies to be able to move off the old copper technology and move to the new National Broadband Network. On our stand, we have a representative from the National Broadband Network there, plus our equipment supplier, Vonex. And between the three of us, we supply the end-to-end NBN solution. That's a mouthful. It is indeed. <laughs> so basically what you do is you take out the technology pain for the client. So basically, they so come up, this is not working, it's driving me nuts, and you yeah. can set up the technology, their communications, their backups, and all that stuff, yep. so they can just go, we just get Aspire to do that. That's yeah? right. We do it from start to finish. We manage the process from taking out the old technology, putting in the new technology, programming it up, making it work, making sure you're happy with it. Yeah. And we don't just give you a phone system and walk away. We actually manage the ongoing stuff. Hey, for someone who's been in technology and technology changes all the time, how do you stay up to date? 
<laughs> I don't sleep. No. <laughs> oh, it's over, right? This is an extra eight hours a day. That's right, yeah. No, it's, it's, been, it's an interesting thing. I've always been interested in technology, and, and right throughout my career, I started out, uh, you know, when I left high school, playing with Atari, Nintendos, and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's really been a, a you know, progression of love. I really love the challenge of technology. No day is the same as the day before. Everything yeah, yeah. is a new challenge. So, we, of course, we're qualified. We're NBN... Uh, technology qualified we're, yep. we're qualified on all the platforms microsoft and all that sort of stuff as well so we do do exams we do we do do ongoing training um but a lot of the time it's just a matter of engaging and getting into it and making sure that as new trends come out you're you're in front of it yeah yeah yeah. so because we have to then take it to the customer and explain to them how it works have you set up your home so it's like a smart home so you can go hey alexa turn on my lights yeah no but it's hey google oh hey google <laughs> sorry 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 well yeah. you're in a little one camp or That's the other right. really aren't you yeah you, you don't uh, no, no hybrid. Yeah, but yes, I have lights turning on, TVs turning on. So, what's on. the coolest thing you can get Google to do for you in your house? Oh, look, I really like just saying to the TV, put on my favourite program, or find me a, a Google clip, or you know, what a YouTube clip or whatever. I talk to the TV. I don't use a remote control anymore, and that to me is fantastic. That's, that's taking a TV laziness to a new <laughs> level, isn't it? It used to be I was the remote, and now we just say it. That's it. Hey, Glenn, thank you for stopping by. If we wanted people want to get in touch with Aspire Technologies and yourself, how do they get in touch with you? They can jump on the web and go to Aspire Technologies. Technologies.com.au. AspireTechnologies.com.au. That's it. Awesome. Glenn, thank you so much for your time today. Been a pleasure. Thank you. You're here listening to RPPFM, not the other name that I said previously. Yes, oh, we my. don't know what that is. I know. Is. I've, just, I've been, it's like we've been here for th- Look, almost three hours you've nonstop. You've hardly had a chance my to draw My brain breath. is almost fried, but I've been having so much fun chatting with people and your good self. You're here listening to RPPFM, not the other name that I said previously. Yes, oh, we my. don't know what that is. I know. Is. I've, just, I've been, it's like we've been here for th- Look, almost three hours you've nonstop. You've hardly had a chance my to draw breath. My brain is almost fried, but I've been having so much fun chatting with people and your good self. It's been What's great. been your highlight so far? Uh, do you know, I really liked his Sam, the Sam at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve. Uh, Steve. Uh, I called him Sam. Him Sam Steve. Right. Steve Samatino. Steve Samatino. I think that this, his the psychology of uh, is really, really fantastic. Sorry? Oh, Jackie. We're still talking. Where we are? Where we're live? We're here, didn't you? This is radio. Yeah. So uh, look, Jackie doesn't know what's going on, and she's she's our executive she's producer. Our boss. Jackie, Jackie, welcome Mitchell. to the show. Hello. Thanks thank, for having thank me. Thank you on. for letting me babysit your show. <laughs> welcome it. to taking care of business. Thank okay. you, Sally. I should do that for arts about one day. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I looked at the time and went, oh, it's ten to three. We've got ten more minutes on air, yes. and um, I've been swanning around, I'm, feeding in the talent. How oh, much that's talent it. has there been? Oh, my goodness. It's been incredible. It's been fantastic. It's been so fascinating. Yeah. Just to just to hear. The different directions that everybody is coming from, you know, yeah. they, it is all about business, but it's also, all, as the Inspire Tribe girls just said a second ago, it's actually really about dealing with humans. Yeah. We're yeah. dealing with humans all the time. That's and, right. And under the psychology of all of that, understanding people and, yeah. and how that applies out through. And, and it's amazing that sometimes the talent that you have goes behind the scenes and I've got to say we've had some talent behind the scenes today Steve is our techo he's been very talently twiddling knobs and stuff we've had Ash who's been running around doing some runner stuff Ben also who I haven't seen much he's been running around and getting stuff and, and doing Ben's things. one of us, um, uh, Jackie's students yes Seriously. Jackie's a multi-talented individual she is, isn't she? she she is she's a lecturer at Monash University Monash University one of Australia's yeah, top eight Frankfurt. universities indeed uh, yeah and what's the course that you run Jenny Jackie it's the in the Monash School of Business yeah. and I lecture in marketing 
because yeah. she is a marketing and branding guru. Psycho- community, C- consumer, consumer psychology. Yeah, that's oh, right. my looks yes. Which I, I've got to say, that has been a big theme, you know. I think that's one of the, the, the techniques that businesses are really, just, just from looking around and talking to people today, that's one of the things that people are really kind yeah. of latching onto, isn't it? That, they've, that there's a whole other level of, of way of looking at managing the people in their business and... Well, it is. It's all about people. And Steve Sabatino, who opened the conference today, was talking about technology is only effective if it benefits people. Yep. And it's all about people. And sometimes business, particularly with the advent of digital, uh, we've lost sight of that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, people get so excited about the technology, and it's, it is a tool, not a master. I've always known, it was once said to me, technology is like fire. It's a tool and not a master. Once the fire or the technology is driving you, you've lost it. It's got to be about the people, and it's how do we make them connect. Uh, and I think that's what's important. And you, there's some people who are using technology and some not using technology who's making those connections happen so much better. Yeah, and I must also mention with this Byte conference, because it is a not-for-profit event. A lot of people don't get that. Because it's business, they automatically assume to, and it's a reasonable assumption, reasonable place for your brain to jump to, that it's about making money. Mm. And business isn't always about that. There's a real surge now, and I think a lot of businesses have to have a social purpose because we're back to dealing with people. People expect that of business. So the social partner, I know you spoke to Jim Mullen from um, Second Byte, so they've introduced a social partner this year. It's a not-for-profit conference, so any Extra money is going to second bite or goes back into the conference to pay for professional speakers like Steve because you don't want a not-for-profit conference having everyone volunteering and getting some good speakers but maybe not so great speakers either. You actually want top quality and you've got to pay for that most yep. of the time. You do. So you need funds to do that. So the Frankston City Council, we're sitting right across the road from the Frankston City Council. I must say I'm not a huge government fan. Anyone who knows me knows <laughs> that. Uh, and they have been extraordinary. They really have impressed me. They've been very supportive, uh, really got behind the conference, which has been great. And of course Smart Business Solutions, which is Shannon Smith founded this. It was her idea three years ago and look where we've got to we've had nearly 50 exhibitors over 300 attendees today great sponsors great speakers uh, it's it's been a really good vibe it's still going i'm, I'm on at four yeah 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 so oh, i better get still, my act together i haven't really it. thought about that i thought about it yesterday <laughs> but then i then i was in the car driving here this morning and i went no i need to think about that a bit more and i thought hang on man, no i don't because i'm actually not presenting today all i'm doing is facilitating right what are you doing Facilitating, yeah. well, interviewing, what yeah. we're doing there sort of now. Mm-hmm. So I've got three brave entrepreneurs because I'm going to grill them. Oh, hello. Yeah. And who are they? Pun intended because it's feast your mind oh. is the theme. Oh, of course. I'm going to grill them. Yeah, very good. The, the three entrepreneurs, there's two Andrews and a Richard. That's easy to remember. Could, could you just change his name to Andrew? That way you get three Andrews. Actually, I meant to ask one of them, can I call one of them something else? Because I might go Andrew and they'll both go, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a, so, a, A1 and A2. Yeah, actually, and I should, I'll practice now. So Andrew Kerr is one of my entrepreneurs. He's a serial entrepreneur. We've actually done business. I should declare we've done business together before. Right. He, But he's in, been in the automotive space. He's got a real passion for cars. He's worked at um, Audi, BMW. He's bought and sold that many businesses. But he was a pioneer in the innovative leasing space back oh, in yes. the 90s, yep. which people still don't quite know what innovative leasing is. So oh, we'll see, ask a bit I more do. about that. You do. Of yeah. course, you know everything. I do. I don't, of course. 
Do you want to explain what Novated Lease so is? So Novated Lease is where you, where you lease a car yes. and you pay for it with pre-tax dollars, so it's more tax effective. Yes. Oh. That's, uh, that's, yeah, we need you. Actually, I should have memorised that. Anyway, I'm sure Andrew can tell us that. Uh, he'll, he'll have a bit more detailed explanation. Andrew that's Kerr, very that's high great. level. Asterix's not, not an accountant. No, sue me. That's yeah. all good. So he, he, as I said, he's very experienced. He's, a, he's an owl. But risky owl, you know, he's wise, but he's, yeah. he'd be really great. And then the second one, Andrew, is Andrew Lauterstein. It's easy for you to say. The three Olympic, triple Olympic medalist swimmer. Nice. Oh. Yeah, really good. And he uh, was in the Australian swim team from, say, I don't know, 14 years or something like that. So he then left the swim team in, I think it's about 2000, to refresh my notes, it was about 2011, 2012, and started two businesses. One was Engine Swimwear, which is a retail arm, and then he's got the swim school at New Wave here in Frankston. Fantastic. So he's got a service and a retail, so I'm going to ask yeah, him about right. that. But the transition from elite sports person to business... That's it's like the chef starting the restaurant. Oh, there's a lot of questions there. I'm mm. going to ask him. Well, I reckon he'd be enjoying the sleep in and not having to get up for those four o'clock training sessions well, in the let's, morning. Yeah, let's find out. It's all about trials and tribulations. The, set, the third one is Richard Jeffers, who's started Two Bays Brewery in Dramana. Oh, the gluten fantastic. free beer, which yep. people might have heard of. Have you heard about that? No. So, in the industrial estate in Dramana, they've got Jenny Rowe Brewery, who's a great supporter of Ottawa PFM. They've got Two Bays Brewery, which is this Richard Jeffers who started that. And he did not have a background in brewing, mm-hmm. has had no experience in beer, has come from engineering, IT, manufacturing, the most eclectic background. To, so what the? Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking forward to asking that. But also they've got a, that to open a rum distillery called Jimmy Rum. Yes. And they've got a gin distillery, Bass and Flinders Gin. Of course they do. We need to go. Let's go. go. I think, yes, we need an in-depth analysis of what's going on. Well, I know them well now. Yeah, of course. Because I just keep inviting them for interviews, you see. So, yeah, I know them well. Oh, we love that. Well, that sounds like it's going to be a great session. But the thing is, though, Warwick, just to focus on, it's not just about, hey, tell us about your journey. Tell us about following your passion. I'm so sick of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is trials and tribulations. So what I do is I always ask anyone I'm interviewing, send me two questions you'd like me to ask you. And it does a number of things. One, it gets me an insight into how their comfort level for the interview, yep. but it also gives them a bit of control back yeah, because yeah. it is an uncontrollable, scary, frightening sort of you know scenario. Whether you're doing on stage, whether you're doing live radio, yeah. So, uh, and I get a sense of, and it's also really good background. Doesn't mean I'm going to ask them, but <laughs> ask the questions. But it gives me a good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So out of all of them, you know, they all came back a bit sort of safe, except for Andrew Kerr. Yeah. And his first question he wants me to ask him is, what is the biggest F up you've made? Yep. Ah. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess what I'm going to ask him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly that. And I think, I, I wonder, do you think I can drop the F-bomb on stage? I wouldn't. Wouldn't you? Nope. Oh, so I so want to. Yeah, though. I know you do. But the thing is... Do what you think I, I should? No, I wouldn't do it. Seriously. Defend people? It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. It's about being professional. Get edgy? Uh, you can be edgy. I want to be edgy. Yeah, you... you but no, I'm too... Don't, no, don't it's do not it you. What do you think? You're so a professional. I, you, uh, I wouldn't do it. It's no, not worth it. No. The risks are too high. So want to. Yeah, but you want... Yeah, yeah it, the risks are too high. Okay, all but right. But use what you did just I, then. Yeah. What you did the just then is fine. Up, yeah, yeah. It's I the implication. Yeah. Failure up. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's... Because at the end of the day, people learn more from mistakes than you do from successes. Always been yeah, the case. Yeah. And so that is that is probably one of the most favourite questions to ask. It was like, you know, what are your biggest mistakes? And what have you learned from them? Or what would you do differently if you had your time again? Because it's like we don't know some of the mistakes that we're going to have. And they just sort of sneak up on us. So, you know, 
And one of the biggest mistakes in radio is when you go too long and you talk too long and you go over your time limit. We don't want to do yeah, that. Or today. you say triple R F P Triple R F P when you don't when you don't announce the name of the radio station you're on correctly. Yeah. yeah. And the good news is said it about fifty. Oh times. yeah, and I kept calling the bite business conference, the smart conference and you know But at the end of the day people are listening to the content. And they're having a fun time. So we've you know. spoken to some great people. Oh today. yeah, it's, been, thank it's so you. interesting. I'd look to spend a whole lot of time. So thank you, Sally, for being my co-anchor today. You're very welcome. Thank you, Jackie, for being yeah, our yeah. executive fun. producer. I just swanned in. Thank you, our technical the team. Thanks fabulous. to uh, RWPFM for making Steve it happen at the Bike Conference. It's been a fantabulous time. We look forward to uh, joining you again next year from the Bike Conference, and wherever it may be. Yeah, that's right. And don't forget, taking care of business tomorrow, 11 a.m. every Friday, 11 a.m. on RWPFM.com.au, RWPFM, 98.7. Arts about. Arts about. Arts about. On Sundays at eleven. Sundays at eleven. Or the we'll Get More listening. Success podcast at getmoresuccess.com. Let's flog them all. Yeah, let's do <laughs> it. Head on over there. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. It's been fantastic. We've been great. You've been awesome. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us for a huge day. It was a three-hour live stint, and I did not get out of my chair. But there was so much great content in it. Thank you so much also for having a re-listen to it. For those of you who have listened to all of it again. It's time to go back to normal. That's right. The next episode of the Get More Success Show will be back to normal. But thank you so much for being part of this one. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success.